Go rustle some cattle. I'm not a country nigga, bro. Like, I I don't know. None of that has seemed, like, appealing to me within the United States. At least it's more Montana. You know, it's more mountains. It's not like Texas. I'm... I mean, well, Texas... Yeah, I I guess so. Well, it's not Texas dusty. Texas Texas is like prairie. It's like prairie. That is prairie, yeah. Yeah, It's prairie. It's flatland. Yeah. Mm. It's flatland until you get to El Paso. I mean, if you think about it, that's similar to Africa, so... Uh, What? Prairie? What? What? Prairie yeah. Savannah? I mean, sure. Prairie, Savannah. Yeah, pretty, are they not comparable? Sky, man. Talk about why, why you got to bring Africa into it? Like, so it'll make you feel more in touch with your roots. Nigga, you don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm in touch enough with my roots? I didn't say you weren't. I, you, you, you are assuming that I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I was assuming that you would want to do something that would make you feel more in touch you know with your what? roots. Oh, no. The, the natives are fighting. Oh, right. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like, are you against being more in touch with your roots? You know what, John? I'm against I watched the movie. That's enough. <laughs> you watched the movie? <laughs> I watched the movie. Your name is Toby. I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold-blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down. Because I got ice in my veins. I talk like a champion, like a champion. I'm so cold-blooded. I'm so What's up, everybody? This is episode 169 of the Saratoga nice. Sports Podcast coming nice. to you live from beautiful Baldwin, New York, here in Regrown Recording Studios. Bring you in, as always, your lovable host, just stuck in traffic, just on his damn phone, just in transition, but most importantly, just a friend, JT. What is up, everybody? And to my right, a man that needs some introduction, the Guyanese god himself, Dijon Mustard, Celine Dijon, if you will. John Moo to everybody. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Um, That's it? All that's right. it. All right. That's it. And to my far right, a man that needs no introduction. He walks with the cane, not because he has to, but because he needs to. The bishop and deacon at the same time. Abused by the clergy. Abused by the clergy. Mr. Worldwide West. Hey, man. <laughs> at the same damn time, and I ain't talking about future, man. What's going on, everybody? Hold on, I got one more He's for ordained you. Oh, they ordained the ordained orifice. I was going to say the oracle of orifice. Hey, listen, but... I'm on <laughs> the oracle. I'm the crazy. ordained deacon and the bishop. You He's heard? a whole damn church. Yeah. Uh, yeah, real shit. <laughs> He's basically Kirk Franklin. <laughs> basically. And to my far right, so far right, he's in the other room. The Saratobi sound man himself, the great Gabagool Greg Postovich, Matt Barber, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you got you to do, do the thing from TikTok when the nigga was like, hooray. <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least, special guest, special friend of the pod. It's you been know a him. minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. He is the king of Mavericks Twitter, and I said it. I don't care if you don't believe it. I said it. There's no that, dispute. There is no dispute. The undisputed world heavyweight champion. Reddit Mavericks, everybody. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, I had like an entire like intro in Spanish. I was like, yeah. I'm not going to fucking do this. Oh, dude. Oh, you, you should have done, done it. it. <laughs> it's all no, right. No. We from no, New York. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, have a, have a this audience. This is bilingual. I was like Latinas. I was at the hookah spot this afternoon, too. This thing is going crazy. Who doesn't, though? Right. Thanks. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, hola, mis compadres. Uh, yo soy Ruben Tomas. 
aka Red and Mavericks. Y estás escuchando a Ser Toby Sports Podcast. Yes, sir. Very nice. Make sure y'all Luca wrote that himself and sent it over. Um, yeah. Blake Griffin wrote my Spanish introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, Reddit. <laughs> Not even Reddit Mavericks. Reddit. All of Reddit. <laughs> um, we did not do it for the first episode 69 that we hit. So, for Kinsey, we all got to do one collective nice. Uh, okay. All right? Yes. One, two, three. Nice. Nice. <laughs> We'll get the we'll get the lag in editing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this is fun. I look, man. This is something that's been in the works for a while. But what better episode, right, <laughs> than to have? Speaking of being, you can, you can, the, speaking the, of being the, in the, the works for a while, the jokes write themselves. They definitely do. They Let definitely just, do. Uh, let's just get this. Over. Yeah, we did a, a ceremonial yep. swap. We're gonna do a ceremonial swap of the Funkos. John, I present to you your Kyrie Irving Funko. Treat him well. And just like that, I hate you. Let me stop. <laughs> John has now posted a link to his Twitter. Um, Shout out Alex Jones. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yes, if you've been living under a rock for the past how many hours, how many days, Kyrie Irving is no longer a Brooklyn Net. He is now a Dallas Maverick. Uh, the KD Kyrie 7-Eleven era is over in Brooklyn for the time being. It's now 77 and two. Uh, it is now the t- it's now time for the 24-7 era, uh, the Camp Thomas Kevin Durant era. But we'll get to that in a later date and point. But uh, yeah, uh, let's get into it because this is something that kind of came pretty quickly. It came mm-hmm. out of the blue, honestly. Yeah. Uh, the trade request. Yeah, and we then, make jokes about it all the time. Yeah, but. Look, I, I was I, honestly I was surprised at how quick it got done because mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, giving seven days of notice is kind of crazy. But credit Sean Marks, uh, credit Nico for uh, you know working together on this. Nico wheeling and dealing. Uh, and just for everybody, to let you know, the Lakers package was garbage. The Suns package equally garbage. I personally love this package. I know why. Um, mm-hmm. I know why. Why do you love? Why do you think I love it? Because there is a one three name person up in this, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. that you've been, that you've been vouching for. For I'm so it's crazy because this man tried to give us fucking Joe Harris for him. He did, <laughs> but you know what's crazy? He's been talking about getting, and I gotta give JT his flowers because he's been wanting DFS for all of these years, and he's made all these mentions about it on Twitter. He's made mentions about it while we've been on the podcast, and you find after all this time. JT finally got his guy. You know how Garrett Cole was Brian Cashman's white whale? Yes. Dorian Finney-Smith is my white whale. <laughs> I can't stand this nigga, bro. Yeah. You I know, couldn't I get can't. him before. Garrett went to uh, the Astros, but hey, eventually he found his way back to New York. Right. Dorian found his And the best thing about it is he and Cam Thomas have a connection because they kind of grew up in the same like they're from like the same area. Oh, I don't know. know that. So, know so, that. so cool. DFS knew Cam when he was, you know, a young bull. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool there. Okay, that's um, cool. That's cool. But yeah, that makes me happy to know my guy is going to a good place. Yeah. Like, well, because I mean, I no, I'm. I don't think Gal as a whole is a good place. Yeah. But at least he's going with some friends in that's Spence true. and Cam. Yeah. Because, uh, hey man, those are two guys that I. Honestly, I think beloved Mavs. I know Spence's time was short, but like DFS, definitely like someone that will be. That was our, that was my guy, man. Like, very, he, he started balling out, missed. and I was like, damn, like. Yo, he made Ruben change his whole tune, man. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay. It was like there was like one or two games, like two years ago. Where I was like, oh shit, actually. 
Like, man, he was a, yeah, like, so the full trade is Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, a 2029 first round pick. That kid is like 12 years old. <laughs> um, a 2027 and a 2029 second round pick for Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris. So one, I got, we got one of the Morai twins. So, <laughs> you know, uh, hopefully this, uh, this can uh, heal wounds from yeah. uh, playoff seasons past. But <laughs> yeah, he just got to start stepping on other people's ankles, I guess. Yeah, exactly. That shit, um, yeah. shit kind of crazy. Rube, I got to ask, man, like how, how is like, the Mavericks fan like reacting to this trade initially. Like, what was the initial reaction when y'all saw that Kyrie Irving was about to be a Dallas Maverick? Uh, so I was actually at lunch with my family. <laughs> like, initially, like I talked to my podcast co-host, and I was like, "Hey, if this happens, like, let's all try to be available." Like, almost immediately after it happens, I literally sit down at a red at a Red Lobster with my family, and all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, and the shrimp go crazy. And all, yeah, and all of a sudden, dude, it's like, it's like, I get a notification, and then I get like fucking like fifty, I get like fifty different messages from people on Twitter, and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like this happened, like, and at first I was like, okay, cool, Kyrie Irving, like, who do we give up? I was like, oh, I saw Spencer's name, I was like, okay, cool, like, I'll miss you, but that kind of sucks. Yeah, it's an upgraded the position at that point. But then it was Kyrie, I mean, then it was Dorian, and I was like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, I was like, no, I wanted, I wanted to keep Dorian so bad, dude. Yeah, bro. Um, I think as a whole, like it's, I think we're pretty divided on it. Um, from what I can see, um, there is a very, very vocal minority of people that are kind of like, and it might be because of their religious views and things like that, but they, they're just like, I can't support this. And I'm like, it's absolutely your prerogative. If you want to like drop the team, like I don't. I'm not mad at anybody who wants to be like, hey, like, I can't support this until, you know, X, Y, Z happens. Like, you know, I've seen people drop the team for other reasons too. You know, like it, it just it just happens. You know, um, and then the other the other part of it is everybody's just like, hey, like, very very cautious optimism where it's like, hey, like, this could maybe in theory work. Like, it sounds like Theo Pinson, former Nets great Theo Pinson, like mm-hmm. was like kind of like in the know how about the stuff and was kind of like. I th- it sounded like him and Luca were the two guys that like signed off on this, um, and if Luca signs off on it, it's like, hey, like, yeah, what can Luca you do at that point? Like, on anything though, not for nothing. I know, but still, you know, like for Kyrie Irving, like, yeah, you know, like I don't blame him for like, hey, like, let's go ahead and fucking get this guy, okay? Like, I get it. Um, so yeah, it's very cautious optimism from a big, big section of this fan base, and you know, we're all just like, hey, like it could work. Like, obviously, just a kid wanted him. Him and Jason, him, uh, Kyrie Irving, Jason Kidd have a you know relationship. Him and Nico, obviously Nico Harrison, being a former Nike mm-hmm. exec, like they obviously have a you know they have a relationship. Like so, there's cautious optimism. Like obviously, like he's about to play his first game in about like 35, 40 minutes with the Mavs um, as the number one option since Lucas not playing. As the, as the number one option, yeah, I know. Go like, take Kyrie's points right now. <laughs> what? I said, yeah, yeah, go but, take Kyrie's yeah, points right yeah, now. Please, Nick, yeah, please, yeah. Nigga, JT said the same Yo, shit as his, me. I said, wait, hold on. What's his, what's his points at? <laughs> I'm about to tell you right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But uh, I'm, 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 very, I'm very curious because I, I, I read right from my phone as you said. I'm like, hmm, this nigga is by himself tonight against the Clippers. Let me see. Because mm. I, th- I think Paul George and Kawhi are both playing. So it's like. Oh, yeah, they bo- they're definitely both playing. Uh, Kyrie's points, 27 and a half. 
Oh, I think he gets it. <laughs> I mean, Kyrie's he's averaging he, he, he twenty-seven. Average twenty-seven. So I mean, like, yeah, twenty-seven yeah. and a half should be should be good, Brad. Yeah. Nah, I, I take I take that if I could bet here in Texas, which I actually technically could, but that's another story. It's <laughs> <laughs> another story. Nah, but I mean, honestly, like. Yeah, there's there, there's a section where it's like, hey, fuck this, like we don't want this anymore, and there's a right. section that's like, hey, like very cautious optimism. So right, I think that's the best way to describe it as cautious optimism, and I think a lot of it is because we've been scarred by the Rondo trade and how similar this is to the Rondo trade. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for Dwight Powell to be the biggest takeaway from the Rondo trade, nuts. Um, I, I called. Oh, the, wow, I called, he was a part of that trade. Dwight. I, wow, I called, that, that yeah, was the Dwight I, Powell trade. I call it the Dwight Powell trade. It's what's yeah. called to me. Like that, I don't ever acknowledge Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I literally remember when that trade went down, talking to James and being like, "Yo, on paper, like when the Rondo trade happened, we had a good team on paper. Mm-hmm. We right? did. We really fucking did. Like, we did. Yeah. And if he, you know, didn't quit on the team, you know, might have done something. But um, uh, it it's shades of that, which is scary. Um, but at the same time, like them not doing anything i think would be worse in this situation especially when a player like that becomes available i think mm-hmm. that your point of it being such a quick turnaround um it's been extension talk season in the past couple of weeks so mm-hmm. i guess Kyrie was doing that and once he found out you know it's either a whole bunch of stipulations for the extension or they weren't willing to commit to him the way he wanted to you know he's like well this is my only option um but it also was kind of very on brand for Kyrie. right uh but at the end of the day, I'm glad we upgraded position. I hate that we had to let Dorian go, especially when a lot of the trade rumors were like Dinwiddie, Bullock, and JaVale and stuff like that, which would have been... And I was like, yes. Picks. That would have been the one. If I was like, a yeah, trade like that one, dude, that would have been the one. Um, but like, especially if you guys don't know, we, we record on Wednesday. So when this comes out, the trade deadline will have passed. Um, the trade deadline's tomorrow. And I, I, it, I'm still hoping this isn't the only thing. Like... Us yeah. losing our best defender, which one, I think playing um with Claxton behind him, he will finally hit all defense. Um, yeah, he's gonna yeah, he's gonna be a fucking monster. Yeah, it, it's gonna dude. be ridiculous. Like, um but we we traded our best defender. Reggie Bullock has not been it. Tim Hardaway has never been it and just is trash on both ends of the floor now. Um but you know, Josh Green can do those things. We're supposed to get Maxi back in the next week. Um so th- there is some optimism there, but they're still working. Also, getting um, a Morris twin back is huge. Um, it really you know, is, dude. Like, like it, it is <laughs> like that. Hearing that part made it so much easier to swallow. Um, don't look at me like that. Um, but it's it's still work needs to be done. And honestly, shout out to Nico, man, for getting things done because you could tell it was like, yo, this is an opportunity to do something, and this is one of the few scenarios that like we feel it would work out because. Of, you know, like you said, Kyrie's relationship with Nico and Jason Kidd, even though Jason Kidd still hasn't fully earned my trust back this year. No, he hasn't. Um, no. But, <laughs> hey, man, first game, first game after, both Josh Green and um, Jalen Hardy, 29 points. That's huge. That They those won their my, first game yeah. without Luka that night. Those That's are my, huge. Those are my guys, too, man. Like, those are like two guys where I was like, yeah. I need I need Josh Green to be great. They're the only Jayden trade Hardy, value we got left, too. So They um, really are, yeah. At this point, yeah, like... No one's trading for Bertons. Like, it's not mm. happening. JaVale McGee's here for three, four years. <laughs> like, on that crazy of a contract. Out of bro, rotation so. for why, I don't know. Because you're not going to tell me he's not going to give you better minutes than Dwight Powell. But going off of what y'all is saying, though, because it sounds like, you know, y'all just got a bunch of tradable pieces and y'all just traded some of those peop- those pieces away. Getting Kyrie, what do you feel like it do for y'all team, though? It gives us, like, 
for Kyrie to one play along a player who's modeled his entire game like after in LeBron, right? Like Luca's idol is LeBron. So he's played with someone with that play style, right? And now you know that he's like a piece that can really realistically take the offensive load um off of Luca, like some of it. Um and someone that can play off ball and things like that and also give mm -hmm. an opportunity for Luca to play off ball. Um I think that, and and mm -hmm. sorry, I want to say that Luca can play off ball. Yes, he did it all the time in Europe, dude. Like all the time in Europe, he did it. He was never the first option in Europe until like his last season there. Bro, like, it's also like people are saying, <laughs> oh, he like people aren't gonna thrive. Like, look at what Jalen Brunson did next to Luca, and now we have a player who's better than Jalen Brunson. Mind you, I can see the trade offs of why some Mavs fans are upset because they're sitting here like, yeah, just resign Brunson. Exactly. But like you always yeah. say, they hired his dad. Once that happened, we knew this man was leaving. Which hey, like good for him. Like yeah. I'm not mad at Jalen or anything. Like yeah. I would do the same shit. <laughs> like yeah, I, I, we just miss it. Um, There's no loyalty. Like don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's one of those things that like I, I feel like it's gonna hinge honestly more on if we can get Christian Wood resigned because then I can sit here and feel comfortable in a one, two, and three of Luca, Kyrie, and Christian Wood. Mm -hmm. Honestly, um, but for right now, I just think it's nice to have this overall upgrade and the, like some real star power. Out, you know, obviously Luca's a star, but like the first time we were able able to bring in a star in like forever, you know what I mean? Like throughout the the Dirk years, yeah. like think about all the times, like yeah, we got people at the complete end of their career, and yeah. you know we made something out of it. But yeah. I, I, bro, there was a point where Samuel Dallenberg and fucking Jose Calderon were like our pieces. You know hey, what I mean? Hey, hey, nobody talk hey, nice hey, about hey, my hey. my Haitian son, Samuel hey. Dallenberg. Why was he doing a split? Samuel Dallenberg, <laughs> Sixers legend, hey, Samuel Dallenberg. On, on Reddit, on Reddit, I remember back in the day when we had Samuel Dallenberg. There was a meme where they called him Pizza Hands for whatever reason because he couldn't catch the fucking ball. And it's like, for no reason, they called him Pizza Hands. And I was like, that, that's always stuck with me. I'm like, oh, it's Pizza Hands. Like, we're not he's doing nowadays. Like, yeah. So um, I'm just glad because, I'm, one, I think it's a good situation for Kyrie. I do. Um, and I think he's handled everything so well since he's come in. Like, the press conference was good. His response to everything. Um, even them bringing out this month old deleted post you know what i mean um he i feel like he's responded to everything really well and honestly more mature than he did in other scenarios um and it seems like th i think the change of scenario is going to be good and it seems like he goes okay this team wanted me here so i'm like i feel that and i'm gonna go and play for them you know we know that the relationship was rocky in brooklyn and everything like that so i feel good um, we also have a great training staff, so hopefully injury stuff, you know, will be decreased and whatnot. But um, I think that if we can get one more thing to get, a, uh, like, everything to really come together, like yeah. one more mm -hmm. trade piece or whatever, I would overall feel a lot better. Because right now, it just feels like the first piece of a puzzle. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to get super happy. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. Ruby, I think I, I think you, you, you put it well by, to by talking about, like, Luka and how he played off ball when he was in Europe. Um, Kyrie is honestly the perfect compliment to any, like, 1A in the league just because Kyrie has the ability to kind of, like, take that pressure off, like, a lot of what jo what John was saying, you know. And Kyrie is obviously the lead scorer. I still think he's a really good passer, and he really just does everything good on the offensive end. So, really, I I, I think that's that's what's, be what's being brought. Um, for y'all, I mean... 
I think y'all are like a bigger way. If y'all get like a solid, yeah. a solid, solid big, like I'm not talking to like somebody that could just do it on both ends of the floor. Like I, I think that would just propel y'all in such a such such a good direction. You know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, but I think a wing is more important at this it's point. It's a wings league because not only that, but because Christian Wood has been playing fucking defense. And there, and there you go. This yeah, man has shown that he can do it. Yeah, like has shown that he yeah. can do it and has been. It's just you got to get more help and also getting another piece that he doesn't have to do as much offensively. Mind you, he still can. Like yeah. will help feed into that. So I think if we can just get a, like the pipe dream is OG, right? The pipe dream oh, is yeah, OG. Oh yeah, he's a, we don't have OG. We don't have OG. I want OG. You nigga. have assets though. Yeah, we well, got the it, assets. It, it, I'm about to say yeah, we have the facilities for that. Right. But, so like yeah, it would a make wing, OG would make OG would make so much sense I'm, for y'all I'm, than it would for us because we'd be trading OG and it's like we're not a piece away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we be trading three first round picks for OG and Anobi and we're not. We're, we're not OG yeah. at an OG yeah, away that, from, yeah. winning, from winning the championship. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I I feel like personally he would definitely do good do do good for y'all. I feel like y'all got OG on y'all squad. Yeah, that yeah. That, that that would definitely set it off. But hey, yeah, I don't I, even I, give I a shit who's on the bench if I we got OG. We're I, I good. I don't know though. But if y'all got yourselves like a little dominant big, like I'm trying to think of that's like, the thing. You know? One, the dominant so, bigs are are locked up. They ain't yeah, going nowhere. And, and, They're and, not and, going and anywhere. That, and, and that's it. But. And I think for that other tier of bigs, I honestly think Christian Wood is the best one that would feasibly go, f- like even before he was traded, yeah. that would feasibly be an yeah. opportunity for Facts. us. Like, and I get, one, and I get yeah. it. I'm sorry, Ruben. My bad, bro. No, you're good. But, no, you're good. But, no, you're good. but I get, but I get it. But you got two primary ball handles. Like I'm talking about, like Kyrie is probably the best dribbler we ever see, and Luca is yeah, Luca is Luca. Bro, if you sit here, one, if Maxi stops playing like a dickhead like he was before he got hurt, because I did not like the way he was playing. Yeah. But if you give me <laughs> a a top tier three and D wing, if we still had fucking Dodo. Like if you give me a top yeah, three. Yeah, we if we kept some dude, oh fuck man. We top three, like or just top tier three and D wing, that's the perfect compliment. Right. If Reggie Bullock played the way he's supposed to play, it would be great. You know what I mean? Like, because then it just opens up the floor for all of these people that can offensively create. Yeah. That's a good point too. So that and then you do that and then you pair Maxi in and you're good. Or even like the dude, Josh Green can defend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we let those people yeah. go. And I think that's mm-hmm. the good thing of it's it's showing that we're allowing some young people or giving that opportunity to Josh Green, and now the last things is to fucking get rid of contracts and get rid of bum ass players like Tim Hardaway Jr., like Dwight, like they, things like that to hurt. not only yeah like not not only clear up cap space but just to give more of these players an opportunity. It just sucks that one, you know, if we don't want them, no one wants them. Like I I, I forgot yeah. who it was who would always talk about. I feel like it was Steven who would always talk about like, um that's my cousin, who was like. Why people always talking about the Knicks fucking trading people? Like, what makes you think, people like other teams want the bums on our team if we don't want them? Real shit. All right, rule my fault. I cut you off, big nah, dog. Go nah. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Nah. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Uh, so one of the bigs I really want, uh, just because I think he's a good player, is uh, Zubak. I would mm. like love Zubak. Zubak's the guy that I'm like. He's fat Christian Wood. Know. He's not giving us anything defensively. But why know, you bro. want? But why you want him though? Go ahead. Zubak gobbles up rebounds like it's nobody's business. He does. Yeah, he, he's a fucking rebound machine, and also his name reminds me of Zubat, the Pokemon. <laughs> Zubat, you know. Yeah, so just like a, yeah, but you he know, also I, doesn't I, stress the offensive floor there's either. A, so there's a, there's yeah, a lot of as a backup, there. You're no, okay. but I, I I will say that the reason why, and I think I think Tim Cato from the Athletic talked about this was that um, 
the reason why the Mavs were okay with getting with like letting Dorian go mm-hmm. is because Josh Green showed mm-hmm. up. Like Josh Green's been bowling the fuck out. Yeah. Like when he's been when he's been healthy. Like he has been doing like like I know like his stats don't you know the stats don't like really impress a lot of times unless he's shooting unless he's scoring 29 points a game but um he does all the little things correctly dude like he's always in the right position to get a rebound always in the right mm-hmm. position to defend well like shooting he's always percentage. he's always right there dude like he's right he's in the right place at the right time all the time um and like he's, he's what dwight powell thinks he is i'll i'll give credit to holler bob i'll give credit to that guy you know the guy that you know almost <sighs> brought down You're telling me you wouldn't be happier with Desmond Bain or Sadiq Bay? No, we could trade for Sadiq Bay right now. That would be a perfect compliment right now. We could, we could, we could actually. I know, I know. uh, I have a few friends who are Pistons fans, and they do not fucking want Sadiq Bay anymore. And I was like, Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway, Dwight Powell. I have a lot to use Tim Hardaway Jr. If you want him, (laughs) like you know, like. um, But yeah, uh, like I'm really happy with Josh Green's, you know, Josh Green's ability now, like to do what he needs to be doing, like. And I get like obviously like, you know Desmond Bain scoring like like twenty two points a game like, with his short T Rex arms like I get it yeah but like, he's still six four <laughs> I know exactly you know it's just really fucking weird looking at him but, <laughs> um just like okay like I totally understand like, you know we probably should should draft that guy like he's a TCU guy he literally played like forty five yeah, minutes nuts. west of AAC like should have been the guy Sadiq Bain was also a guy that was like yeah. We can still trade for Sadiq Bay again. Like the trade deadline closes at two p.m. my time tomorrow, mm-hmm. three p.m. Eastern tomorrow. So on Thursday, so a lot can happen, man. Like I know there was like there was a really cryptic uh, Instagram post from Chris Christian Wood today. You know, um, so we'll see what happens, man. I'm hoping they extended him the offer. I, yeah, you know, it. apparently he did, they they offered it to him. I don't know if he'll take it because it was like a two year deal or something. But I oh listen, God, I've been wanting Christian man. Wood here for a while. Y'all know that. So I'm glad he's here, and then I hope that Bro, you, this you is and the thing. Squish, Squish yeah, wanted man. him too, dude. He was always just a good fifer, so I'm hoping that Squish like Squish wanted him too, bro. And I get it. Like, yeah, he said he has a post of him, like of him just walking, and says, "Deserving what I got, I put in work for years." And I'm like, yeah, and I saw that, and I was like, oh god. I was like, damn it, don't don't tweet this right now. Man. I am because then we're gonna trade him for fucking nothing, and then we're gonna be in a shitty situation with. Like, hey, it'll be Kyrie. Hey, would and you then... would you would you trade him for John Collins though? It's like the exact same player, that, honestly. Like, yeah, who defends less? Does he? I don't even know. He's defends less he's and he's bro. smaller. He's bouncier. He smaller? Yeah, I don't know, bro. I think yeah. a little bit, but it's yeah. like he he defends worse, but he's bouncier. Like I I don't think. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I know that's been thrown. And around he's going to be more expensive. Like, that's um, been thrown around a little bit, and I, was, I don't think the Hawks make any deal with us anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like after 2018. <laughs> so <laughs> the last I, you got it, Ruben. No, I'm just saying, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. The last the last question I got related to this trade, man, like, do you, and I guess, JT, this is more so towards you than it is to the Mavericks fans. Do you feel like the Nets are still in a position to succeed even though y'all don't have Kyrie? Yeah, it depends on what they do at the deadline. There's still a move away from, True in my opinion, still being a contender. And I think it would kind of mimic a team similar to that 2019 Raptors team where it was just Kawhi as the focal point star, then you surround him with quality pieces, Mm -hmm. right? I know, like, Siakam's name has been thrown in. OG Ananobi's name has been thrown in. I know, like, the Bulls, like, like, 
Levine, DeRozan's names have been thrown into there as well. Um, Let me get if you could get KD, like a Pascal Siakam, without giving up Nick Claxton, you immediately cool. become, I, in my opinion, a someone that could go head-to-head with the Celtics. Because the reason why the Celtics absolutely dog-walked the Nets last year in the playoffs is because of the size. There was just, they, The Nets just could not match up with them because you have guys like Bruce Brown, Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving trying to guard guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Bruce right? Brown. Grant Williams, right? There's a, the Celtics have a lot of size. Teams that have success against the Celtics this year, like the Magic, right? The Magic have three wins over the Celtics. The Magic are a big team, right? They have a bunch of length. They have a bunch of size. That's how you beat the Celtics. Um, hey, Mo Bamba and Terrence Ross are available. And you know I've been wanting Terrence yeah. Ross. So Mo like, Bamba. So Mo Bamba is a guy that I I, I have the Nets like, like, like I'm on my personal, uh, you, you know, trade that. radar. Yeah. Um, a guy like Will Barton. I'm I'm looking at him probably being bought out. He's a guy I would love to have, just somebody that could give you some scoring pop off the bench. You know, he's got a little bit of length uh, as a wing. Um, but you know, it's 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 definitely interesting. The Nets are not done yet. Depends on what obviously it depends on what they do at the deadline. But you could build a contender around Kevin Durant right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Spencer Dinwiddie back, big guard, right? Six six. You have Dorian mm-hmm. Finney Smith. All right, he's gonna lock up the next best player. Um, Defensively, you look at this Nets roster, right? Dinwiddie, Claxton, KD, Dorian Finney-Smith. How many other teams can you say have that type of switchability and length on the defensive end, right? And let's say you throw in that bum Ben Simmons as well, right? That <laughs> I forgot is, about him. That is a, that's a starting lineup of everybody 6'6 six, six and over. Mm-hmm. How many teams can really, and especially going into the playoffs, right? With three how, out of the five having true guard skills. Exactly. How many pe- How many teams can you really say have that going into the playoffs, right? Um, so it def like the Kyrie trade definitely hurts. Yes, you're losing 27 points on like basically 50, 40, 90 uh shooting, but you know what? Hey, you got like, back solid pieces, you, man. you got back solid pieces, yeah, right? Dinwiddie is a guy that 20, he's that's, that's a 20 and six guy. Dorian Finney Smith is the three and D wing the Nets have needed literally since the beginning of the 7 11 era. Uh, I've been dying for Dorian Finney Smith or a, a player of his caliber, uh, for this for the last few years, so. You know, it's it's a it's it's a situation where it's still it's not doom and gloom in Brooklyn yet. Yeah. Um, now, things could happen in the offseason, obviously, that you know make me change my tune. But as of right now, on Wednesday, like twelve hours before the deadline is over, um, it's definitely a situation where the Nets could still be competitive, um, even with losing a guy like Kyrie Irving, because of what you gain defensively, and you're not losing a crazy amount offensively as well. So, you know, it is what it is. And I guess, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep, keep keep it going, going back to, like, the point where people think, like, it's not going to work between Luka and Kyrie. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be one of the best backcourts we've ever seen in NBA history. Um, mm-hmm. I hate this notion of this, oh, ball-dominant guards. Um, well, I'm sorry, like, Luka, like, Luka's had to be this ball dominant guard because he he's a lot of times he's mm-hmm. the only guy that can really score, right? Kyrie Irving, I think, gets a bad rap because he's so great as an isolationist. Um, he gets this rap of like, oh, he's a ball down, he's a ball stopper, ball dominant guy, things like that. His best ball comes when he's playing off ball. And I remember yep. when this the James Harden trade happened, everybody they were literally saying the exact same thing that they're saying with Luka mm-hmm. right now is, oh, how's it gonna work out? You got three guys that need the ball in their hands. Well, Unfortunately, it didn't work out. But for that 16-game sample and for, I think, the 30-game sample where it was just Kyrie and Harden, it worked fine. 
obviously the off-court stuff is what derailed it, but on the court, mm-hmm. you couldn't deny the Nets are one of the best offensive products we've seen in in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Right, like the, the offensive rating was through the roof. Like the the pace of play, the possessions, the scoring, it was at an elite level. So that's why I think it's really gonna work offensively with Dallas. My only qualms is that all right, you gave up your best defender, who's also a wing. It's a wings league, and you know when you get into the playoffs, when you're going up against teams that have good scoring wings, what are you gonna do in that case? You know, you have your rim protector, you know, in, in Christian Wood, but. Look, the, the, the trope on Kyrie Irving is that, you know, he's sometimes a turnstile on defense. And I know Luka doesn't have the best defensive rap either. Uh, so that's where I could see, like, some issues, you know, when you get towards the playoffs. But offensively, they're going to be fine. Them two alone Dude, can win you some they, games. And they, they both they, step up on defense when they're needed to. Man, and you've listen, made that argument yeah, about if, Kyrie doing that all yeah, the time. Yeah, if the, like, if the Mavs fucking give a fuck about defense, they wouldn't have let go of DFS, my boy. Real shit. I don't feel you on that. Well, no, because, because, because like they said, they, you know, they see said what they it had... took to get rid of DFS. Well, no, nigga, what, what what it took to get rid of DFS? But I'm just saying, it's like, bro. Obviously, Kyrie is the better player. I'm just saying, like, I you you bring a deep like JT is bringing defense into the equation, right? I'm just saying, like, it doesn't. Like you need better players, bro. You need better players at the end of the I day. I think it works. We both. do, and that's why the Kyrie yeah, trade was and, made, and, and, and that's and, why DF, yeah, the yeah, buying right. price for DFS was so right. high. Mm-hmm. But like. We definitely care about, like, we had a top-ranked defense last season. No, I know. Right? So it's like, it's something that we care about, but the motherfuckers who play defense have not been playing defense. It's not just off, like, yeah, pieces that we lost or shit like that. It's it's a yeah. lot more will versus skill in this scenario yeah, right Ruben. now. But and, with and that being said, say, we do need a piece. Yeah, Ruben, you got it. I'm saying, I'm saying I will say that, like, again, Josh Green steps up. He's a great defensive presence. Again, he's kind of like the Dorian Finney-Smith replacement at this point, right? So bring Josh Green up. He's probably going to be starting a lot more games going forward. Mm. Um, you know, uh, if Reggie Bullock Jr. can come back and actually, like, play the way I know he can play, that's another good defensive guy, right? Again, the trade deadline is another, like, what, 12, 15 hours away? Like, we could trade for someone else who's a you know defensive star. We have no idea, you know, mm. like... Um, so I'll I mean, like, Dibble, if he's still available, with, nah, the, the, with the, the shooting that yeah, we have yeah, through the rest Dibble of the lineup, yeah, I'm sorry, with the shooting we have through the rest of the lineup, and yeah, also like, fuck Tim Hardaway's minutes. Give all of that to Jalen Hardy, <laughs> please, please. Like after last game, I was like, yeah, bro, look, he's ready. He knows what he, he knows yeah, bro, what he's up. Twenty nine off the he bench. Knows what he needs to do. And you know, he I, think, G- I don't know. Go ahead. No, no, I was saying he's a. You know, he was a he was a G League guy. You know, so I was like, hey, man, like. He was a G- he was a night eighteen year old playing in the G League against like grown ass adults, bro. Like, you know that that time, even though like his stats weren't the greatest, like that time the G League helped him to be mm-hmm. ready for actual NBA like you know minutes. So, yeah, yeah, and and then you know I see it on both sides because like when you go into the playoffs, right? Obviously, defense is an afterthought during an eighty two game regular season, but as we see, the the, the game slows down tremendously in the playoffs, right? Every possession matters. A possession in the first quarter can dictate what happens in the fourth quarter, right? So you need, especially, I, I see where the, the benefits are with having a guy like Kyrie Irving because then you can go, instead of, you know, you go five on four, four on three, three on two, the defense doesn't can't always cue in on Luka because you have a guy that can get his own shot whenever he wants mm-hmm. over anybody, right? Which, which, which plays a factor. And then it also... Let's Luca rest a little bit on offense. Like every possession matters. You don't want obviously Luca is, is 
on any given night, right, going to be the best player on the court, maybe given one one to three guys in the NBA, right? If you can sp- if you can spell him every night, every night, every even Bron Bron. All right, hey man, Bron Bron. I'll say even, but like <laughs> all every right. night. But if you can spell him, if he's going to be if your if your stars are, are supposed to be playing. 38, 39, 40, 41 minutes a game in the playoffs. If you can get him a possession or two or three, you know, three three possessions of rest, that's going to be beneficial for him later on. Um, Especially when you got to play the whole season at 40 minutes. Yeah. So I think the shot shot making is really what we see is king in playoff series. Obviously, the defense is, is, is a factor, but you need to make shots at the end of the day. And the Mavericks adding an elite shot maker, an elite shot creator, uh, and somebody that also has the ability to pass at at, at a pretty good level um, is going to do wonders for them. It, it opens up the floor for them. Yes, there are going to be questions on defense, but you know what? I think what you you gain more, way more offensively, in my opinion, this trade you gained way more offensively than you may have lost defensively, especially with some of the guys that you're talking about. If they can step up for you, I was going to say it's also easier to say that with Markeith Morris being included. Because in the beginning, it was I, just... I am interested to see what he gives you, because he wasn't giving us nothing. I am, but, yeah. I am interested to see kind But of he was that buried nigga, in that, a, that nigga was just on the bench type shit. He was, he was out here for vibes, just like me. Apparently, the vibes say, in Brooklyn were terrible. Yeah. yeah, he did say he wanted to get out of Brooklyn. So I was like, okay. It's because... Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's the, I, I, me, personally, I think it's, it's not because of him with the vibes. It's because he's just buried in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was nowhere for him yeah. to really play. Yeah. Yuta's because been playing great. Yuta, Yuta was a was a revelation at the beginning of the season. TJ Warren, before oh, he kind of got yeah. hurt, was playing very, very well. Uh, Claxton, you know, is doing Claxton things, and when KD was, was healthy, he's in that forwards position as well. So there really wasn't much room for Morris to really get some burn yet. Since KD's been hurt, he's seen some more action, but even the action he's gotten, it hasn't been the most, you know, productive. Maybe with a bigger role in in, in, in Dallas, you know, it, it, it'll, it'll change. So, you know, it, maybe it's just, you know, I didn't even really care about his signing when the Nets did it in the offseason. He was more, for me, it was more like a locker room presence, just an enforcer, somebody that would just mm-hmm. help the team with a little bit more toughness. The, the um, word enforcer, just I know bad memories. But, you know, <laughs> but it was, it's, so, you know, hopefully he has his, uh, you know, a little reclamation and uh, gives you guys some good minutes. Or he gets flipped for someone beneficial that too um yeah i feel like like the only thing i really gotta talk about the trade is like them saying that the nets specifically did not want to trade Kyrie to the lakers good um that's so good fucking funny dude. And, good and the fucking th- good the the reason why i like bring that up is um you know we saw something today of a headline about how teams are reluctant to help the nets um because they want kd to be so upset with the situation <laughs> that he leaves which is so crazy to me. That's hustling backwards, and it it is, and and it's, it's like hustling backwards. How you figure it's hustling backwards? It's just if they're not the willing to trade, why do you think the Nets would be willing to trade him in the offseason to them? Yeah, team, the, the only teams that he's been linked to right now has been Toronto and Phoenix. When is he done? He's not done till twenty twenty five. Oh yeah, damn. That's oh what, yeah, that, no. damn! I didn't realize. So it's not that, like that he makes, just signed the extension yeah. last season. So it's not like it's like a, oh yeah, yeah, no, he's not. Yeah. So that's why it's hilarious. Like teams are going out of their way to not trade with the Nets because look, the Nets are like I said earlier, they are one trade away from being a legitimate contender again. But then again, they don't want that. K- but then whenever you have KD, KD we know if you KD, have a KD, KD himself, KD himself 
it's one trade away from being on a contending team, though. Yeah, you yeah. know that's that, true. And, 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 true. And, and, and that's the other part about it. So it's like, you know, KD acting the way that he acted, which you know, however you may feel about it, you, that's how, that's how you feel about it. But if KD find himself, and they was talking to KD to Boston, if the Nets ever traded with Boston, oh god, this 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 place would be a shit and show. And it wasn't a coach. Yeah, right. Um, they're talking about KD to Phoenix. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, they're, they're trying to discuss, and this is what I read, is that they're trying to discuss the future of the franchise right now. I ain't going to lie, man. Yo, if the Nets is on some rebuilding type shit, yo, they about to send KD wherever the fuck he want to go. But, yo, they, man, they fucking offered Chris Paul for Kyrie Irving, bro. Like, why did they think you that was a good bro, deal? Bro. As if they are comparable at this point in their career. crazy. Bro, bro. Like, as players, as, as, like, as, as, like, like, strictly talent, like, as talent, yeah, as strictly like, talent. It's like not talking about the other shit. Yeah, CP3, you know, point guard, blah, blah, etc. Yeah, 15 and 15 and Like, eight. dude, like, he, like, he turned what? He turned, how old he turned? Like, what, 30, 36, 36? He turned, he turned 36 and immediately took a nosedive in the playoffs. Like, immediately. Like, hey. it, it, it doesn't, and like, that's the funny thing I find about like the Josai article, um, like oh specifically not going to la the package was garbage anyway so like that mm. article really doesn't do anything because any sane gm would yeah. have turned that turned that package down regardless because that was a package that was being talked about even last summer before Kyrie even opted in to the uh to, to, to his uh player option so, so yeah, the, the reason i brought it up is um the parody of something like that of teams not willing to make a deal because they want kd to leave right and things like that and not wanting to help a certain team because of the superstar there. When we have a deal that was made today for the Lakers, right? And, and you know, it's the, it's the lay GM thing. It's that whole thing. But at the end of the day, like, we're not going to sit here and say that LeBron and KD aren't comparable talents. And um, it's, I just find it mind-blowing for teams to, you know, for that to even be a thing of just... We're not doing it because not only are you messing up that, you're messing up any future relationship with that team, right? So whether, let's say in the future, Cam Thomas becomes available. Now, why would they make this trade, right? Um, it, Assuming that the GM is still the same. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's yeah. one of those that it's like, it, it's crazy to me. And then just like for a player like KD to kind of have to deal with that shit. Well, mind you, like you said, like you guys are closer to contention than people realize. Mostly people are looking at it through this lens because KD is hurt. And because Ben Simmons is being Ben Simmons, but like like you said, if you if you can somehow parlay someone like a Siakam, you guys are immediately one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, and that's that's an upgrade over you know Ben Simmons. But there's no trade out either. But like I, I think it's so crazy, like for that, and then you just have teams constantly willing to help LeBron and deals that aren't necessarily good for them. God damn that yeah. fucking trade too. <laughs> yeah, that's a, they got a haul, man. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. I also would have liked to. I wanted Vanderbilt at some point. When he got traded from the Timberwolves, I was like, people Jared, are not understanding his value. Okay. So LA receives. I'm looking at the looking at hey, all the trades. Might look, we might as well talk about the whole trade. Look, <laughs> report it for us. Walsh. Walsh. Okay, LA, LA receives D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. Utah receives Russell Westbrook, who is going to get fucking bought out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they receive. Juan Toscano Anderson, who is the only Mexican in the league who does kind of suck. Um, they receive Damian Jones, the Lakers' 2027 first round pick, which is protected um, first through fourth. Amazing. Up to the, um, 
the Minnesota Twins, uh, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Holy fuck, wrong, t- wrong sport. Minnesota Timberwolves receive Mike Connolly, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and three second round picks. Jesus Christ, dude! Like Timberwolves are a shit show. Um, Mike Connolly, yeah, I feel yeah, bad for him, yeah. but like. The Jazz, they're like they have like fifteen first round picks in like the next they couple do, years. Yeah. Right Mike now. Conley is probably one of the only dudes in the NBA that I can think about in the past like twenty years that has gotten a more raw deal than <laughs> yeah. anybody yes. else. Yeah, bro. Mike yeah, Conley is actually yes. good, but that man has been tossed around the league the past like five but the, years. Like, but the Jazz move from, was good for him. No, it but was, then they got dismantled by the Mavericks. Them go. and the Suns. They got Greg, they got, you know, they came from Grit and Grind. Oh, hold up. Hold up. Sorry. Hold up. Trailblazers are trading Josh Hart to the Knicks. Oh. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> what? Hold on. Josh, no, oh, no. that means that Cam Reddish is gone. That's yeah, a he's great. Gone. That has, that has to mean that gone. Cam Reddish is gone. Cam's That's a gone. great trade for the Knicks. I, wanted, I also trade. wanted Josh Hart that on been, my team. Talking about the wing? Hey, fuck you, Miles. Josh Hart to the Knicks source to tell ESPN there 40 seconds ago. Wow, I'm on the clock. Um, I don't know who's going though. It's probably Cam Reddish though. Probably. Cam Reddish. Yeah, Cam Reddish. Cam. yeah it's got to be Cam because he's maybe he's like Obi. out of there, bro. Like, nah, for Josh, Josh Hart, Hart. Nah, Josh, just Josh Hart. It can't. It can't be Josh Obi Hart as well. Player. You know Josh, what's crazy? Josh it was Hart, Josh Hart twenty twenty rebound game. Josh Hart like Josh Hart's a great role player. He's a scary great. Like he's a great. He's a scary great. He's a scary great rebounder too. It's like Mo Williams level. Of just like at any night, this this dude might yeah, just do something like, crazy. My fault, yeah, like, y'all. I'm gonna be quiet for a second. I'm just trying to find the details. To okay, the okay. All right. So, so that means so Nick's, Nick's out. Nick's out on OG then. So, de- so you, yeah, you know, Nick's definitely depending out on OG. Depending on who we gave up, because I doubt we gave up a first for him. Who we yeah, gave up? Oh, Cam Reddish had to be. So I don't know. Broken. Had to be. Guy, details go gotta come out. Please let Ruben talk. He's our guest. So Woj broke it, and then Shams will come later, like with the full trade, probably in like a minute. Fuck, that's crazy. God damn it. I want a Josh Hart, too. Josh Hart was one of the guys. Dude, yeah. that's the thing. We get a win like that, but, you know, it is what it is. What's crazy is uh, Free six, Dame. six minutes ago, they tweeted that Josh Hart left the court a few minutes before Tim. Mason yeah, Plumley, you said Ma- know, Mason Plumley left, too, right? He was he left because, I think, injury. Bro, Mason Plumley's a great role player. But he's probably yeah, he be a great is, backup yeah. big. He's a great Plum role player. Slumdog millionaire? Yeah, bro. <laughs> You just play. call Mason Plumley Slumdog Millionaire? No, Plumdog Millionaire. Bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, bro. But nah, that he's a great role player. Like the Hornets suck, and you know, obviously it's not the best, but like I right. I wouldn't be mad at Mason Plumley. Nah, that team. is uh that isn't damn being traded uh right before tip. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, so I'm not seeing no type of details nothing, on the trade, nothing. but I I'll just speak on Josh Hart real quick, man. Yo, honestly, I'm just happy that we got a nigga that can hit some shots. <laughs> it, it, it's ni- it's nice that the fact that we got a nigga that can just you know not name Emmanuel quickly that right that can hit some threes that doesn't start because R.J. Barrett just isn't getting it done from behind the arc just yet. Um, so yeah, that's all. I I don't really know what we gave up. I think he'll I, start. I, I, huh? I think he'll start. Who? Josh Hart? Yeah. Probably not. Wow. Over who? Who's he starting over? Wait, what do you mean? It is gonna be. It's gonna be. Right it's, gonna, it's gonna be R.J. It's gonna be Brunson. It's gonna uh-huh. be Julius. The no. depending on depending on Josh Hart, Julius, and then whoever your center is. Josh Hart, Julius, whoever my center is. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't Hartenstein start for you guys? Because uh, Hartenstein, right? Nah, Hartenstein, no? he might. Jericho oh, Sims. wait, no, Jericho he's, Sims. He's, Jericho Jer- Sims. No, sorry. no, but Sims is only starting because Mitch is out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah, who you 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 want quickly to come off the bench? Yeah. So I I don't see a reason why you don't start Josh Hart. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about it. Because the only other thing was like. Mm. 
you know, quickly started for a little bit. Nah. I will say, though. Don't need don't No, no, but I'm saying he did. I agree. No, I know, I know. But, like, I think Josh Hart, like, I don't think you're making... I, I get it. You're not trading a big rotational piece. Niggas like, got to let me know <laughs> what the trade is about. That's it. I got to see who we gave up. Niggas just Josh Hart going to the Knicks for who? Yeah, it's a lot of speculation right now. Yeah, right. There's a lot, um, bro. Matt, can you put hey. on the uh, Mavericks game, please? Does yep. does Knicks, does Nick, do the Knicks have a, like a guy who like knows like everything they do? Like when it comes to like trades and shit like that? Yeah, they, like they, 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 they all stand on uh, Malcolm X Boulevard. <laughs> No. <laughs> they, they got, they got, Nick's, Nick's, Nick's got no insiders whatsoever. No, nah, our insiders, they stay on the block. They're not active on the Twitter, bro. It's all right. But so you, yeah, you'll, you'll hear more about what's happening in MSG from the homeless guy on the three train than you do from uh, Stephen Bondi. I'm about no, to we, we, got our, we got our son Brad, bro. Brad Townsend. Brad Townsend, yeah. Hey, bro, hey, he, he okay. Yo, I heard he's been talking kind of Sh- crazy since Sh- Kyrie landed. Sh- yeah, it's been a little weird, you know, uh, the 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 media stuff with Ron Kyrie, and I'm like, he's really just trying here to trying here to. It seems like he's just trying here to, to play ball. Like, I'm assuming he wants more money in the offseason, no matter what, you know. Mm-hmm. So like, it's in his benefit to just like not want to talk about certain things that happened in his past, you know. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like he handled all those questions really well. He kind did. of similar to Jason Kidd's first press conference where it seemed yeah, like they were did. prepared and they did a good job yeah. of handling it. And we know like Ky- the way Kyrie is is you're not going to tell Kyrie to say what say what to say. Yeah, like he's going to yeah, he's yeah. going to say how he feels and he seems to be in a better place in handling all that like really well. So I I'm excited. Um this game's going to tip off soon, so I hope he balls out. Will we get the win? Uh, I don't know about all that. Yeah, I'm not really worried about that. I'm, yeah, I'm not worried about, worried about that. I just want to see Kyrie, uh, Kyrie drop like 50. No, nah, nah, whenever whenever Luca comes back, it's when I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's, I think Friday business, is what they're looking at is his return date. So that's the first Friday time. Friday or Saturday. Get, either way. I'm, yeah. I'm missing one of those games, so I'm not too concerned. I will say, but, though, uh, be prepared for the under uh, the covert racisms and how it's cover- he's bro. covered. Um, cause it's like, you know, like I, I could say a bunch of bad things about Kyrie, hey, which hey, could have hey, been, uh, could be, you know, Hey Miles, you're right. Yeah. What'd I say? Cam in the first. Cam in the first. Yep. Cam in a protected first. Yep. Uh, there you go. There you Got go. It. There protected you go. Cool. Yeah. I was just about to, I was, yeah. I was just about to let y'all know. Cool. I, 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 I too many found it. Y'all need to free Derrick Rose too. I mean, he just sitting there. I mean, if you, check. if you want him, y'all can have him. Which y'all want? Who's, 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 who's wasting on your bench? Tim, we could take Tim. Take, take, Tim. Tim back. take Tim back to New York. Take Tim for Derrick Rose right now? I mean, Tim will play. Derrick Rose not playing. Tim will play. I mean, yeah, Tim would absolutely say, yeah. play. I was about to say, yeah, Tim fucking. That's, that's a Tibbs guy right there. That yeah. is a Tibbs guy. That's a Tibbs guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a Tibbs guy. Uh, I saw I, I saw a thing where it was like, I think it was like Tibbs, Jason Kidd, and some other coach were like the top three in like giving minutes. like Just like making guys fucking play 40 minutes a game. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, that's a fact. Tibbs, man, he riding a hot hand. I fuck with him, man. He he been to the casino a couple times. Yeah, I wish Jason Kidd would do that. Man, so be like, you're yeah. cold, but you had a good season last year. You're gonna keep playing. No, Eventually, you'll get better. Jaden Hardy, you missed two shots in a row. You're fucking out, bro. Say, so, yeah, he hung out with Rick Carlisle too fucking much. Uh, I know. He, I think he picked a little too much from him. Uh, oh, right. yeah. I mean, outside of that, you know, we touched one shout out to LeBron for becoming the uh number one scorer in NBA history. Um, kudos to him. It's dope, like seeing a player like that, like to break a mm-hmm. record that we never thought would ever be broken. Um, especially for a player whose game isn't necessarily built around scoring. 
Um, he could score. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, he really, if he really yeah. wanted to, he could probably average forty a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why yeah. I think it's so cool that like, and he says it too, of just I never set out to be like the all-time greatest scorer, you know. Um, so that that's super dope, and it's a huge accomplishment and all that. Um, you know, and then the Lakers made a big ass move today. After yeah. you know they lost the night that he did that. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, Ruben broke down the trade a little earlier. I think it's kind of crazy, again, how these teams always help. I think it's a great trade for the Lakers. Um, I think Russ got – I'm not going to say he got done dirty because Russ did everything. You know, he did the things that they were asked, and I think it's hilarious how he just kept going, Darvin Ham, you're fucking do better. Coaching staff, do better. Fucking coach. Um, so hopefully things work out for Russ. Uh, and he'll – I mean, he'll get to choose where he wants to go at that point. But I don't know. Like, it, it's giving – Another LeBron-esque move, and then Anthony Davis will probably get hurt, and then all their real hopes go down the toilet again. Like, it it sucks. Like, it's something that you don't want to see LeBron go out like that, and you want to see them compete because, you know, LeBron in the playoffs is fun to watch, and anything could happen when LeBron's in the playoffs. He does have a better supporting cast around, so maybe things are going to be different, but... Yo, know, watching the watching the transactions that's happening with the Lakers is very similar to, like, watching the transactions that happen with the Yankees. It's like, it's these little, like bandage ass moves that's like okay all right well this could be good in theory but you know so that that that's where i'm at with it i mean yeah they traded russ but they weren't a championship team like they weren't close to being a championship team mm-hmm. with russ you know like russ being the scapegoat for all the Lakers problems mm-hmm. i just feel like is unfair unfair and you talk know talk about a raw deal talk about uh Palenka, you know, and him being as a general manager, I mean, fuck it, my nigga, you sold, you sold out for the ring, bro. Like, you don't got nothing left. You got your 2020, you got this year pick swap, and then you don't got a pick until 2029 or whatever, or whenever the fuck it is, bro. You like, it, it, it is what it is with the Lake Show, bro. They don't got nothing left. It is what it is, you know. They so, still making shit happen though. I mean, get, they, I mean, get a bunch of players like D'Lo, I, Mal- I, Malik Beasley, who's a Mavs kill versus Mavs legend. Yeah, I mean, but like. Those are great role players that are supposed to help, and the idea is your stars can stay healthy. These are great role players, John, but yes, and I'm so happy you just said what you was about to say because that was what, what what I was going to say, bro. I, I ain't seen AD healthy since the bubble, bro. That That's almost how long ago? That's almost three years ago. If we, yeah. being, if we, if we being completely mm-hmm. honest, you know, I ain't seen AD that healthy, that healthy since then, you know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, it's like, what do you get? What do you? What else are you giving LeBron? A, a bunch of you know decent role players. I can't call them elite role players, like how I usually be referring to the, the guys of these caliber. I don't. I, I just don't feel like that's true. I think they I think the guys they traded for, I think, are borderline elite level role players. I think D'Lo. Um, I think D'Lo was really good. You think I Malik? Think, Bo, you think Malik Beasley is an elite role player? I'll say borderline. Malik Beasley can start on a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. But being a starter don't mean no. But that's what I'm saying. Right I think like he's. I think he's a very. I don't know necessarily elite, but borderline. He's a great fucking. I would want both of those guys on my team. Him and Vanderbilt. For winning um, the chip from where the Lakers is at right now. I'm not winning the chip. Yeah, sorry, but, they, but making a, making be, a, making making the I was gonna say they're thirteenth yeah. in the West right now. They're thirteenth. Thirteenth. Like, that's not good, right? Um. But it's always like it's it's a star driven league, and at the end of the day, like LeBron's been doing LeBron shit. You can't knock for what he's doing. He's doing the best that he can with nothing. By the way, I like Troy Brown Jr. as a role player a lot. Every time I see him, I, see, I just see him play hard, do all the dirty work, and you know, fucking hit timely buckets and all that shit. Shout out to him. But um, 
one, the willingness to not trade Austin Reeves, I think was kind of nuts. But like at the end of the day, when you have LeBron James, and we talk about it all the time. That is your window. You are always win now. It comes with the territory. Yep. So you got to do what you got to do. I think that you you sell out to get the ring. You got the ring. Like that's the end of it. We talk about we we used to have a debate about whether a successful trade before. If you win the championship, it's a successful trade. Facts. That's a um, fact. I'm, I'm, not of, deni- yeah. I'm, the, I'm not denying the fact of, yo, you trade your pieces away. And, and the Rams did the same shit that the Lakers mm-hmm. did, right? Yeah. But in terms of putting yourself in a position to succeed in the future, they're not in a position to succeed in the future, bro. They're not. They're well, not. I mean, the thing is when, when AD had like a consistent month, they were balling the fuck out. They was balling and then the fuck hurt. out. So Still it's, was- again, if and now you have a better supporting cast. So I think, like we've said before, it hinges on Anthony Davis, how well hey, they do. Listen, and that's just a terrible fucking hinge. LeBron just got to get in, and we'll figure it out from yeah. there, bro. You know? And I think I do think that with the move they made, they're more likely to get in now. Yeah. There you go. But, hey, man, trade, de- trade deadline's crazy, you know. I honestly loved all the reactions to when Kyrie got traded. Um, there's still some scrubs playing right now that need to be traded. Uh, Terrence Mann was another person that that was uh, out in trade rumors and stuff like that. Right. I hate trade conversations between us and the Clippers because I just think it's all bad in general. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's bad. Yeah. But I'll take Terrence Mann though. <laughs> oh, Dwight Powell put back. That was a second offensive rebound in the first like three minutes of the game. Man, so. Yeah, that's cool. Oh right. man, y'all streams ahead of mine. God oh. damn it. Yeah, and then we're not gonna have Dwight Powell, and then he's gonna do nothing for the next month and a half and fucking, still get thirty minutes a game. Valley Sports app. God damn it. But Fuck. hey, man. Any anything else really? Like uh, NBA yeah, stuff? What, I gotta get. I gotta about? get. I gotta get my final thoughts on Kyrie off. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um. Oh no. Kyrie's time in. in Kyrie's time in. A, nah. Brooklyn. I don't need the. I don't need the. I don't need the music. Well, okay. you're not getting it. Regardless. We're not getting it regardless. <laughs> you're not getting it regardless. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's a. Uh, now that the 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 the. the, the smoke is cleared and everything. Uh, I think I can in a few days to really think about it. Uh, it was a disappointing uh tenure, and yes, I know. Hold on, uh, no, 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 I'm just Reggie Bullock started out the game hot. This uh, is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's one that you know he came in high expectations. You know, give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, because fuck Boston. Uh, feel that. But you know, it's just a situation where at every turn, for every high with Kyrie, there was an equal low it was like being on a crazy wild roller coaster um you know you have he gave some of the greatest moments in that's history you know I'll, I'll always remember some of his performances the 60 point game against the magic right his 54 point debut against mm-hmm. the uh timberwolves his 54 point game against the uh what do you call it the bulls on 19 to 23 shooting right like he he's on the i think he's like top three on the nets all-time 40 point scorers list like he gave some amazing moments on the court. It was the off the court stuff that really did it in. Um, you know, whether it was the vaccine stuff, the the uh, being caught at that birthday party, uh, posting the link, getting suspended like that. It was just it's just too much. You know, I I was talking to my grandma about it literally after I was I came from the Nets game the other night, and I was like, yeah, it's it's almost like a kid in school that's really gifted and gets you know would get like a perfect score on an SAT, but it's always in the principal's office for some reason. And it just gets like me, (laughs) (laughs) but it like gets to a point where it's like, all right, like the, the production isn't outweighing the negatives. 
Um, and that's honestly what it came to with Kyrie. And I'm not going to give any pass to the Nets front office. I don't think... Uh, I don't think, especially Joe Sy. I don't think Joe Sy did everything in his power to really, not to say help Kyrie, because Kyrie did a lot of stuff to himself, but he did not help the situation. Like the whole, him handling the whole, uh, you know, posting of the link to Twitter and then the suspension and the list, that's awful. I mean, we talked about that on this pod. Um, I thought he wanted to make an example out of him because he already did not like him. I think he wanted to get his pound of flesh for what had happened for the previous few years and especially the trade requests in the offseason. So, you know, it, 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 it's a weird thing. Kyrie Irving also deserves a little of blame. Like, and like, I know they had the leak of like the, oh, the stipulations in the contract and things like that. We're talking about like maybe like $4 million, four or $5 million. It wasn't anything crazy. There was a championship um, incentive in that contract, right? Drew Holiday had, had that same incentive in his contract. Mm -hmm. So... You know, it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility that that could be put into somebody's contract. And a lot of the money that was given up was to sign DeAndre Jordan, like in his original contract, was to sign DeAndre Jordan to that $40 million, like, four-year deal when, you know, the big, you know, that big three. management. Yeah. So I don't—I didn't appreciate how Kyrie went about it. It kind of felt like he was giving a middle finger to the fans that have stuck with him for a, through a lot. And he put Nets fans through a lot um, for him to do that. And with the abruptness of it right before the trade deadline was kind of messed up. Um, and even like some of the stuff he said in like the, the his press conference, like his introduction press conference with the Mavericks, like mm -hmm. when he said like, oh, yeah, you know, I left, you know, I left them boys in fourth place. And it's like, well, when Katie went down, the Nets were a half game out of first place behind the Celtics. Yeah. Right. So you saying like, oh, yeah, you left, the, you know you left us in in fourth place i mean what what does that really do and on top of that two weeks ago you said what was the somebody asked you what was the difference between katie going down this year and katie going down last year and you specifically looked in the camera and said the difference is everybody's bought in and i'm here i'm available things like that and then a week and a half later you're demanding a trade you know well, that, why did what what why did the report come out that he wanted a trade though that was like well, that, that I was... think it, I think it was part of the fact that like they were probably talking over extensions, and he didn't like what they were offering. Mm. So I, I, I think what you're saying is fair, and I love your perspective from like the Nets fans, but like, I can't blame a guy for wanting to leave a team where he didn't feel wanted, and especially when we've talked on this podcast about the way Josiah treated him and stuff like that. And everything oh yeah, no, like that, that. That, so, that's the thing. It's like, like I can't blame him for him being like, this is what I want from you guys. And then being like, nah, and it probably didn't just go, nah, here's a counter offer. It probably went a little in different In that same that. respect though, you know, I tweeted this out, you know, when they said like, what's your lasting memory of Kyrie? And I was like, it's an amazing talent with a devastating lack of self-awareness mm. and accountability. And I think a lot of the reasons why Josiah and him butted heads is because of the things that Kyrie Irving did. You know, he Kyrie put Josiah in bad situations. Not and again, I'm not giving any pass to Josiah because I don't like him as as the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. I think he should just devote all his time to the New York Liberty. He's done an amazing job as an as as governor of the New York Liberty. He's an, he's great. He's a, he's you know trying to get them charter flights and things like that. He does not have the chops to be an NBA owner, and I think he let a lot of personal feelings get in the way. Uh, especially in dealing with two superstars that are as polarizing as Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And I think ultimately that's what kind of soured the relationship. Um, and it just sucks that, you know, the Nets fans were pretty much the, the kid stuck in the middle of an ugly divorce. 
you know, and then, you know, Kyrie's like, all right, well, I'm leaving. And then Nets fans who have rode with him for the past three years and have defended him basically at every turn, right? Now they feel like, well, what the heck? This is just a middle finger to us because we rode for you. And now it's like, oh, well, well fuck us. You know what I'm saying? Like you couldn't even ride out the last year of your four-year contract, which you said you were going to do. You said in the offseason you were going to do this, right? And if you want to leave in the in in, in the next offseason, fine. Nobody would have... Obviously, there'd be some hurt feelings, but you, you fulfilled your contractual obligations. You did not fulfill your contractual obligations for the Nets by asking for a trade in the middle of the last year of your contract. And for that, I can't really... I, I don't banks with that. Would you I, rather you lose him for nothing, though? I'm, I'm glad that we got something out of it, yes. But in terms of just, like, the, the personal aspect of the fan, but right, three. you didn't fulfill a promise that you gave us. You broke that promise. And so that for that, it's like, you know, like, kind of like, fuck you. You know, again, great, one of the greatest talents that's ever put on a Nets uniform but at the same time, it's 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 something that it, it it's an error that should not have gone down the way it did. It just didn't live up to what it was supposed to. Yeah, and it's like, you know, one of my first reactions when we we saw that happen was just like, we we talked about what what is going to be said when it like when it's all said and done about the this you know the the Kyrie KD era, and we had that conversation when KD asked for a trade. Um. But like, hey man, they're they're right. That thirty for thirty about that shit is gonna be insane because, you know, it could. It is now confirmed. Like, oh my god, that it is a failure. Um, and it was something. You know, we, we looked into what it was, and we've had those conversations where obviously we know how close you were from an NBA Finals, um, and things like that. But it it didn't happen, and it's. It's a shame because of the talents that were brought in and things that were done, and it's a mixture of injury and, you know, the the downs that come with Kyrie. But um, at the end of the day, you guys had the opportunity. You guys and, had the opportunity. Oh shit. And that's the, the funny thing about it is that it failed not for the reasons that people said it was going to fail mm. because everybody said it was going to fail only because you have three people mm -hmm. that didn't know how to share the ball. Well, Two at first. <laughs> two at first. Yeah, two at first. And, yeah. and then you have the third. On the court. On court, if you look at it specific, solely on court, it was one of the greatest things. It worked. It, it was did. everything that mm -hmm. happened off the court that nobody could predict. Nobody could have predicted that James Harden, who has been one of the Ironmen of the league, like he up until this point, he rarely ever missed games, right? Sorry, would get a would get a crazy hamstring injury, right at the start of the playoffs. Nobody would predict that Giannis would basically, you know, stand underneath Kyrie while he's taking a layup, and Kyrie would roll his ankle and he's out, yeah. right? Everybody, I think it, everybody could agree that the Nets up to that point who were up 2-0 in the series, well, 2-1 in the series, they were going to win that series. They were going to blow past the Hawks. And, you know, I don't I don't think they would have lost in the finals. So it's one of the biggest what it, It'll go down as one of the biggest what-ifs. I don't think it should be a deterrent from, like, super teams because everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Yeah. Um, but you make that – you, you, you do – if you go back in history, Star you, League. you do it. To, I'd, I'd still do that. I'd still do it again. You make the trade for Harden. You get Kyrie. You get KD. Because look, a perfect storm is the reason why it didn't work. I don't think I make the trade for Harden though. I think you just build around. I think the the two star league was the fucking move. And at the time, that was when it was like, oh shit, it's a two star league. Um, 
Personally, I mean, but I'm also not an expert. I'm about to say, man, it's, at this point, it's all revisionist history and yeah. how we how we look at the trades that the Nets made. I mean, if we look back a year from now, we think, yo, we trade for James Harden, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD on the same team. Like, that's probably about as most stacked as we ever seen, and it didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? I think it speaks to like what the league is, and I speak to, um, you know, it just with the Nets, it just didn't work out. You know, so I don't know. Do y'all have any last remarks about the trade and, you know, basketball or anything before we move um, on to, you know? No, nah, I feel like we, we covered everything. I feel uh, like in terms of basketball, with. I think uh, Reggie Bullock Jr. just shot six threes in the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and hit all them hoes? Yes. He <laughs> said <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nick's legend that's, Reggie. That's crazy, dude. Nah, what he the... actually went five for five. Went, he, no, he actually went no, five, OD, five, five, five. Yeah, yeah, five. Oh, I just, I'm just looking at the box for five. That's yeah. That's what. After talking about if he's gonna get his shit together, so maybe that was the opportunity that he needed. But uh, so now that we have wrapped up sports, we are getting to the first of our anime segments, Weep Weekly. If you watch an episode of an ongoing show and react to it, so we are watching Tokyo Revengers: A Christmas Showdown. Episode five came out this week, and a lot of things happened. Um, I think one one of the main things, uh, obviously we, we get the the fact that they have to agree to work together with Kasaki, and we know it's a small group, but this whole organization or whatever. Shout out to uh, Hanma for coming up with the name Seasons Beatings, um, which by the way, great fucking name. Facts. Yep. <laughs> um, I was so, like, yes, we should call it that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we we find out that uh, Hina knew Kasaki before Takamichi knew Kasaki. They grew up together. And we, you know, it leans into the fact that Kasaki was a genius back then. You know, he was the smartest kid. Uh, he looked like Weevil from Yu-Gi-Oh. He was a little nerdy, shy loner who really had no conviction about him. Um, and Hina brings up, like, yeah, there's this memory that I don't really like to talk about, but it was the first time I met you and falling in love with you. Uh, you know, we find that out after. But, you know, that flashback is kind of crazy. Of course, Takamichi got washed in the past again and then also in the present. Um but yeah, you know, he he interrupted some boys, older boys who were going to pick on her or whatnot. So we, we get that backstory. So now we we've established a connection between Hina and Kasaki. You know, it's something that we've been trying to figure out uh, after that. You know, we get the whole fucking Takamichi meets uh, Hina's dad. And after him complimenting him goes, I need you to break up my daughter is for is for uh, her own good. Real nigga shit. Yeah, after Mans, it's like, oh, yeah, I broke up with her on Christmas Eve. Hopefully that, does, that shit doesn't happen. And guess um, what this nigga did? That yeah. nigga said, you know what? Dude. I'm going to just do it again. <laughs> he did some dumb shit, and so, that, he got yeah. washed again. So, but, yeah. <laughs> thoughts? So, my whole thing about the about the breakup, right? Like, I understand, like, hey, like, you do something in the past, like, it affects, like, whatever happens in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I understand, like, his whole thinking, hey, like, if I break up with her now, whatever happened down the line doesn't happen. But we already know beforehand that he broke up with her already. <laughs> like, you can, On this you date. Can infer, yep. You can infer that. So it's like, then why break up, dude? Like, you know, like, like Our if it's going to happen. exactly, man. Like, we, like yep. I was like, I, I watched it and I was like, dude, like, this is the dumbest goddamn thing a main character has done. In like a long time in an anime that I've watched, I'm like, yeah. And I guess he's trying to be like, you know, I guess he's thinking like down the line, like 
it's like the NBA tread the line, you know, <laughs> like you make a move now and then you make a move later. And then 10 years down the line when you're 26, like you traded for an expiring contract. Yeah. You know, they, things, things go differently. And it's like, yeah, no dude. He like, Billy, he, he Billy King the situation. I'm not bro, I was yeah. <laughs> like thinking about it now. This man got talked into that, that decision as a like 14 year old. Right. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah, came yeah. back as an adult and still got talked into the same fucking decision yep. yeah. when it was confirmed it did not go well. Exactly. Like, I was like, you fucking idiot, dude. Yeah. I don't that, that, that honestly, yeah, that, that that pissed me off because, yeah, like, you know what happens in the future. You have total control over what's about to happen. You know you can protect Hina. Like, dog, everything was working in your favor and you just go and do this dumb shit like come but on. on the other part of it is that because he knows what's going to happen because he can kind of like manipulate it a little bit like we don't know what's about to happen in the next coming episodes right mm -hmm. so my boy takamichi could really come through and be like all right you know what i broke up with her because of this work with kasaki do what i gotta do and then kind of figure it out from there hopefully it works out in his favor like that, but you know he he can't go into this blindly. I, I would assume. See, that now we know, we know that he's gonna survive because he's the main character. Right, of course. But yeah. he don't know that. He don't know that, and he don't know if he's gonna survive the next night against the fucking slaughter game. That's a good point too. <laughs> yeah. So, I. I don't know. I think it's dumb. I think it's one of those that like, if you know this decision happened and it lead and you're in a future that like you don't want, why would you make the same decision again? That's just me. Um, what do you guys think of like the whole flashback and the you know young Takamichi and what Kasaki was like and what what are your thoughts on you know Kasaki progression, Takamichi progression? Like now we know that connection. Hey, it's I feel funny. like I, I feel like I feel like my son Kasaki. He's seen. Um, he he seen how Takamichi was like was acting like he's like yeah I don't want to be like that nigga let me think strategically on how I could be different than that nigga that just got fucked up in front of me type shit Captain Save it well Takamichi yeah. came through on his Captain Save a Ho that was hilarious because he actually had the cape <laughs> um it's funny because Young Kisaki reminded me of Young Baji where it's like they just looked so totally different just a few years ago than what they do now. Yeah, um, but Baji was about that life. Baji was about that life, but yeah, like you dude. wouldn't have known it because he had the slick back hair, he had the glasses. Like yep. he, oh, when yep. he was back in school, he looked yeah, like uh, from from my hero academia. He looked like uh, Ida. Yeah, like he looked like no, him. He did <laughs> with the glass yes, and everything. Yeah. And it wasn't until yes. like they was picking on old boy where it's like, all right, I gotta protect him. Same thing with Kisaki. Kisaki kind of looked like a nerdy dude, all skinny and whatnot, but. But he actually was, like, Baji was pretending to be a nerd because the man's almost got kicked out of school a bunch of times. Yeah. Kasaki mm -hmm. was actually, like, the smartest dude in the country at that age. So it kind of seems like Kasaki, why he is the way he is now, it almost feels like a little bit of overcompensation. Like, he mm. went, yeah. he dove so yeah. hard into, I need to be like this to get respect and I don't want to be pushed around. So he's Ja Rule? Eh, maybe. Huh? <laughs> Where it's like, now he's just kind of, you kind of, like, lose the plot. Like, it's kind of, it's almost like he's lost control of, like, what he it's almost like like how remember how um mikey told uh mitsuyo he was like yo i like we've lost kind of control of the direction mm -hmm. of where the i wanted the gang going. to go i feel like that might have been kisaki at some point where it's like he wanted to be strong he wanted to be you know not being pushed around but it got to a point where he you know power corrupts and the stronger he got the more he could probably get away with and now so we're left with this he, version he has any like or he didn't have um any bad motives to begin with? Do you think he had positive motives and then 
just the power got to his head because he was so smart, but because he can kind of do whatever. Yes, I think initially his 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 means were probably good and mm-hmm. just, but you know, as he got like I said, as he got stronger and he's very smart, he knows how to manipulate people, as we see in you know in in, in the future. Um, you know, it's just kind of like the perfect storm of like, oh, I can get away with this, this, and this, so why don't I? Mm. And drippy as hell. <laughs> he is drippy. Very he is, he yeah. is very I, drippy. I do want to say, I think I think JT said it the other the other another couple podcasts ago about how you guys want to buy the jackets. Oh <laughs> yes. yeah, 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 bro, they're so fucking cool. I forgot, like, because again, like I told you guys before we started recording, like. I watched this like I didn't realize like how far ahead we were like mm-hmm. in terms of episodes until I looked it up and I was like oh shit we're really we're far ahead and I toy for like how fucking cool like all the jackets are yeah, yeah. like for all of them I was like fuck this would be cool shit to actually have to own it's giving but- like um for my people who ever read Bleach like a big thing was the covers like the manga covers it's always like you know they're not necessarily related to what's happening in that chapter it's just like the artist will just freestyle some shit so on the bleach ones like it became known that like bleach characters are the drippiest characters in anime it'll be them like walking out of a subway station in like modern clothes and shit like that and it would just look fire yeah so it's like this is the actual show the normal dress in the clothes is all fire yeah nice the glasses but, uh, and everything i, I did want to did want to mention i am a teacher um so i do like i do teach like up to fifth grade on occasion (laughs) and i was looking at i think they said i think they mentioned they were like in sixth grade during like the cram school stuff right Mm -hmm. and i was looking at like the equation kasaki was doing whatever and i was (laughs) like this is like fucking like eighth grade shit dude (laughs) like what the (laughs) fuck is this i was like i was like don't bring this to me like i can't do this right now like Yo, it's funny you say that because my first thought, like when there's a scene where it's 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 Hina, uh, wow, the, Takamichi and the brother, and she's asking, "Yo, how'd your finals go?" And my first thought was, "Yo, I wonder how Takamichi's doing going back in time." So I also want to say, um, you know, kind of, I don't want to talk about the previous episodes too much because I know you guys already discussed it, but I do want to say I agree with JT when he says. Where the fuck are the parents? Like, where <laughs> yes. are where, well, we where, got where, some where parents this episode? We did, we did. And the, the one parent where I was like, hey, like, you seem fine. Oh, no, actually, like, you still <laughs> oh, no, let actually, you still let like the worst possible outcome happen. <laughs> like, but anyway, like, the entire like the past episodes, I was like, oh, fuck, like, like, okay, like the main bad guy, hide you, yeah, yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. So he he looks like he looks and built is built like Broly. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, why, bro? Like you're supposed to be like what 18, dude? Like <laughs> yeah. God damn, bro. Love, like, like it's always remembering how young these people are yep. in this fucking show. Yeah. And it's so funny. Niggas built like JoJo's characters. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I will like say, early JoJo, bro. It was um, it was also funny when Mans was like Oh man, like I'm glad you're as nice as they say you are. And he went, "You're a hoodlum." <laughs> like, it was yeah, like okay, I need you to bring okay. my daughter. What? You are a hoodlum. Okay, that's nothing. We kind of too urban earlier. for my family. That's basically what he said. I don't want my daughter dating the likes of that. I've heard that before. Anyway, um, so. you've heard that before. <laughs> 
I, 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 uh, long story. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. No, sir. Damn. So that's not rooming like, I called a hoodlum. Bro. Yeah, that shit crazy, bro. So, which, which, by the way, okay, so I'm sure you guys have discussed, hey, like, this has been, this is now on Hulu or Disney Plus or whatever mm-hmm. now versus Crunchyroll. I do not remember them saying the word hoodlum in the Crunchyroll version of this. Like, I know you'll watch last season somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Did remember they? them saying hoodlum either. That's what I'm saying. Like, because hoodlum, I think- but I feel like it fits because hoodlum is not a word that like someone who isn't a part of that would use. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. And it's true. like a stuffy yeah, cop. True. So like, it makes yeah. sense for the dad to yeah. be like, "You hoodlum." But I was like, I was like, what? Like, they kept saying hoodlum, and I was like, I kept getting. I was like, I need to go back and check. Like, because Tony yeah. Avengers is the first first season. It's still on Crunchyroll for you guys who haven't listened, yeah. who haven't watched the first season, but it's there. So we kind of compare and contrast, but I don't know. And also, the other thing I want to talk about is um, uh, guy with glasses, Kakashi, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, Kasaki, Kasaki, yeah, Kasaki, yeah, Kasaki, yeah, yeah, Kasaki. Okay, so <laughs> I think he tanned as he's grown up. <laughs> He did. Like, he did. Well, he he became but, a gay member and just spent a lot of time outside. You know what I'm, I'm saying, like, bro? Like, that's not how that fucking works, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the opposite. It, no, but it's, it, it, it's funny because the way and the way that he winter, looks yeah. as a kid versus how he looks as an as a I always will say as a as a kid to an older as a, kid. As a, a team, hey man, team, right? This man. It looked like my son. It, like they try to put some like twelve o'clock shadow. He was on also my boy. nah. He was on some Ariana Grande shit. <laughs> he's he's also, black fishing. Also, yeah, right, exactly. All I'm saying, it can play into the as a kid, he just stayed inside. It was in his books all the time, so he never was outside. Okay. Certainly, you know right. I mean? certainly could have been so possible. Once, once he became, he was the, on the top of his class. Once he became for the streets, he was now out in the sun, getting tan. You feel me? That, I'm just uh, saying that's a possibility. I will say he might be like me, who like tans over the summer and spring. Yeah. Like I get, I get a little golden. So. I, bro, I get it. I'm like I said, winter time. I'm I'm Middle Eastern. I give off hella habibi. Oh Summertime, <laughs> that's that's when I actually get some color. Matt, thoughts on this week's episode? I'm definitely on board with everybody's opinion. Like, why the fuck did he break up with her? <laughs> I thought that was whack as hell. Um, I actually didn't expect that to be like when JT said that he predicted that the dad was gonna. Say that I actually was kind of like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, JT was happen. on that. And I was kind of, I was pretty mad about it, but, um, I actually, for a while, I thought it was just going to, like, be, like, a dream, a dream thing, but it wasn't. Like, so, like a dream come true? Like, everything was no, nice, no, no, or you like, thought like, he was just going to wake up? Like, it was, yeah, like, it was going to be some sort of, like, worst case scenario, like, flash, like, daydream oh, type of thing. okay. But, um... I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, like like what Ruben said. We know that he broke up with her already, and yeah, like why would you do it again? But I don't think that's it. You know, there's there's definitely more to come with their relationship. Uh, like you said, he is the main character, and this whole show has been about that and like him trying to save her. So I feel like there's more to come with that yeah but i don't know i mean i feel i don't really know if i can add much 
from what's already been said. Yeah, I feel but like we got. I think it's just kind of like a matter of waiting to see. Um, just waiting to see what comes of this uh, this little plan that they've got, and I guess Kasaki is gonna play a bigger role than we thought. Now that there is this kind of mutual connection, um, I feel like I'm excited. I'm I'm interested to see how um, Takamichi's feelings toward Kasaki will change in relation to this plan now that he knows that you know he has like this kind of trusted recommendation mm. that he's a good person see I, that that's a good point um Ruben Matt was just talking about how he feels that uh, Takamichi's feelings are going to change about mm -hmm. Kasaki now that Hina mm -hmm. said he's a good guy yep. um but I I think that's an interesting thing too of just we've seen it happen every season of just Oh man, this is the person we gotta look out for. He goes back into the past and goes, "Wow, they're not a bad guy after all." But at the same time, Hina only knew Kasaki a long time ago. Yeah, right. She didn't yeah. know him now. It, she was like, "What do you mean he's about that fucking about, life?" I was about to say. That's what I was based off of all the shit that Kasaki was doing in uh, in like all of the future reenactments from the first season. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I'm still not fucking with it, bro. Like, yeah. that, like I I can't get the scene where. You know, the, I think this is the one time where Takamichi goes, nah, he's actually a bad guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know he's a bad guy. Like, yeah, those I, other people, yeah, like, I, I, they I, might not have been. I, I can't get to see where this nigga fucking crashed into the wall with sis and, you know, she, she can't get out the whip. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I can't get that out of my head. I mean, I, I at least think yeah, it's, it's important. It's, yeah. Oh, that he's thinking about it? He's got, like, like regardless of, like, who he is now, mm. the fact that we were introduced to like who he actually is as a person like he's still a lot smarter than we thought mm -hmm. and possibly we are being introduced to a weakness of his mm -hmm. which is sort of this he's like self-conscious of his of like showing that kind of intelligence mm. and being perceived as weird or heartless or whatever you know that seems to be like what they were inferring from the flashback is that like all that all that like childhood trauma has kind of forced him to adopt this like hard emotionless mastermind persona but i think the flashback served to just kind of introduce us to who he really is inside and possibly how that might surface that's a good way to look at it especially when um in the flashback, he just straight up went, "Well, this is why you don't do it." Yeah, like you know what I mean. Or it was just like that. You know, this is what she gets for for butting in, and then he wants no part of it. So he was honestly being mad pussy, especially if they actually friends, um, to let sis, you know, get ganged up on mm -hmm. like that. You know what we do know though, Hinata doesn't actually hate uh takamichi because we know from the future that when she was at the funeral and uh, well when she died mm. she was still wearing that four-leaf clover necklace and the mm. mom was like yeah like she still loved you so she beat the brakes off him though i yo i yo ruben I, I i swear when the episode started i was like all right let's see how takamichi gets his ass beat tonight him yeah, getting beat up by hina was not on my my, my bingo board though <laughs> it, it's such a fucking meme at this point with this anime it's like hey He's going to get his ass beat <laughs> by somebody. And it's like, no one expects the fucking girl. Like, the, like, <laughs> like, 
like his love interest, like <laughs> to beat his ass this episode. And, bro, I'm saying when he showed up, like at the meeting afterwards, he was like fucking just absolutely looked like shit, and I was like, yeah, bro, man's hey, got bro, beat up. Hey, hey, bro, I I've been there, bro. He deserves that, <laughs> like you know, like. Man's got beat up and his eyes are puffy from crying too. So it yeah, was just exactly, bro. all so. messed up. Yeah, from that terrible decision he made. You know what he could have done? All he could have done was just go, kept it 100 with her, be like, yo, your pops don't think I should be chilling with you because, you know, I'm in this I'm gang. Dangerous. And shit. I'm dangerous. You That's know? what I thought he was going to yeah, do. Yeah, because right? anything, Because anything. Be like, and hey, like, I, personally, I would have thrown the fucking, you know, dad under the bus. Be like, hey, like, yeah. your dad said I couldn't date you. Like, here's what it is. Bring, like take it up with him like you know like yo it's almost like being honest is a good decision it's crazy right like such a wild right? concept that just being honest and hey, being like a bold even if strategy, he doesn't cotton exactly even if he doesn't completely throw him under the bus but just goes like this is what your dad thinks um i like you know staying with me could be dangerous for you he might be right you know what i mean like that's yeah. not necessarily throw him under the bus but that's at least being like i don't want to put you in harm's way type shit you know um yo. even when he tried to convince he was like uh why are you breaking up with me um it's because i like someone else yeah yeah that's it i like, <laughs> I like someone else like bro come on what are you doing like she knows you're lying bro right. she know you better than anyone man off rip i'm not gonna hold you talk to me you could have just said yo not for nothing i know more about your daughter than you do because you never home Bags. you even said to me you're never home you don't know them Pickney. You don't. You don't. You don't know your Definitely kids. Don't know them Pickney. That's why it was Definitely such a surprise to you when your son said he wanted to be a cop like you. I'm the one who did that shit, nigga. I'm the one that inspired your son to be a police officer, not you. I'm just saying. The dad who stepped up. I'm not <laughs> the, fa- the father that stepped up. You are absolutely right, Call Matt. Him Miles. Hey, stop it. That's done. I'm just saying. That's done. So, you know, it's the dad just out of nowhere. And it's not even like he was like, you know what it made more sense about like this whole situation, at least in my opinion, if like he's a cop investigating like Tokyo Manji, like if he just has yeah, them on like their point, bulletin fucking board. children. I know, yeah. but like they're still a gay. Like if he's if he's worried about his daughter enough, they're like, oh, yeah, he's a hoodlum. I don't know how know. many how many police organizations investigate groups of 14 year olds. Oh, that's a big, that's yeah, a no, large group. Not, not, not in Japan. No, like, definitely not in Japan. They so can't they even have know. guns. <laughs> they just roll up on them. Right. So then, what's even the problem? What, what's nothing's gonna happen to your daughter, Dan? Bro, it's the same thing. She, he wants a better future for her and doesn't think Takamichi's gonna do it. Mind but you, don't know. Not him gassing up Takamichi like that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just as nice as everybody said you were. Yo, you're you're a great just guy. as nice. Thank you for. T- he was like, the reason my son wants to be a cop is because of you, right? That's nasty. But. Words. You can't date my daughter. So you tell me I'm in a positive. I'm a positive influence on your entire family more than you are, and I can't honestly. You sound make, jealous. It, it'll make no sense mm. to me, boy. You sound jealous. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna just date her even harder. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. But I do. I will say though. I will say in the defense, the two most stable characters in this show both come from a two-parent household, and we've seen their parents. Just saying. Just saying. Hina's got a good head on her shoulders. The brother's got a good head on his shoulders. And we've seen the mom. We've now seen the dad. Even though we don't agree with him, he's just looking out for the best interest of his kids. They're the most well-adjusted people on this show. Everybody else? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Draken made the most of his bad situation. 
Yeah, he did. Hey, Draken. Draken is the most, I would think, the most mentally mature. Level, like, level headed guy. Like, yeah. He is, but at the and same time. He was time, raised in the streets. He, he was raised in the brothels. Crazy. I'll Which give you Draken. I'll give you Draken, yeah. though. But nah, I am curious about Takamichi's parents. We got Taiju's backstory where he's Joe Jackson. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> He is Joe. I'm beating him be, you because him be it's Joe good Jackson for you. Actually, crazy, but yeah. What facts. is with this whole power so, okay, structure? So, in, so, uh, so this anime occurs like in what year? Like 2006. 2005. 2005. So I, whenever that happens, I always think about, hey, like, what what has occurred since that time? <laughs> like, I ain't gonna lie. Like I'm thinking basketball. LeBron wins his first ring. Like, you know, <laughs> the math. So yeah, it's one, it, yeah, bro. It's one of those like you compare it in like anime, you compare it in like live action, anything. It's weird. Like that's a big, drastic change from 2005 to 2000 and wherever the fuck we at now, 2023. Like you went from not even having phones in class, bro. To well, now, there was no 1080p. All right. Well, you think this nigga's talking about? Just think TV about that. definition. Just think about that. I'm yeah, talking about the fact of the matter of I got something that's portable in my hands right now. You got that's a computer able. in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. Hey, like, bro, that's, I, that's, like that's wild. Bro, I had to take up a fucking phone today at work, and I was like, dude, like, why the fuck are you having a phone? Like, right. Just put it up when I tell you to put it up. Like, yeah. he's watching yeah. for trade. He's up. watching for trade updates. Come on now. So don't have to take my phone. <laughs> How old are the kids you're, updates, you're teaching? Well, no, this wasn't a kid that was teaching. It was like it was after school time. Oh, okay. So I was like, yeah. so I was like, I was like, bro, like, you're technically still on campus. You can't have your phone out. I gotta take it up until you go home or whatever picks you up. I was like, bro, just put your fuck, just put your little minor, little little, little mini computer up for like ten minutes, please. Yeah. Like, and I know, I know. I, I told I even, I told him I was like, bro, like if you need to know, like. What's going on with sports? I can tell you, bro. Like, you know who I am? I can have my phone out, bro, but you cannot. Like, don't ask why it's like that, but it is. It was 305, bro. You gotta wait 10 more minutes, bro. You've been fine. Like, you're like, please. Please. I want to be a fucking narc. I don't want to be a fucking narc, bro. Like, I really don't. I don't want to be a narc, as you should. I really don't. I tell kids all the time, I'm like, hey, bro, like, you have one chance. Put up your phone. I'll, whatever you're looking up, I will talk to you about it, bro. I probably know what you're, ta- what you're trying to look up. Mm-hmm. Like, please. Like, especially if it's sports, bro. I'm telling you, bro. I'll let you know if Tom Brady retired. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, like, please. All right. I'll let you know. I'll let you know if fucking KD gets traded. It's fine. I know you're wearing his shoes right now. It's fine. <laughs> like, like you, I promise. So, that's a wrap on Weed Weekly. Please. I don't know. If you're not watching Tokyo Revenge at this point, y'all just missing out. Yeah, big like, facts. That's, that's <laughs> OD, like, big facts. Watch, follow along with us. If this you're shit is a great. fan of watching a dude get beat up every single episode, I promise you, this is a good show. <laughs> yeah, forget all the I, other plot points. <laughs> I will say I will say that the animation could be left to, left to be desired, but yeah. it's good for what it is. Like, who, it's like, who, hey, like, you want fucking Nappa to do this shit, bro? That's what I'm saying, bro. Hey, Mappa already has everybody else doing everything else. Listen, Mappa got enough what? on their plate. Yo, I'm a wild Mappa, nigga. Mappa, you heard what I said? I said Nappa. Yeah, like fucking DBZ. I I got a bald head. Yo, nah. You're a wild boy for that talking about Nappa. Nah. Put on Mappa. Put on, who's the people that do, uh, 
Demon Slayer. Oh, uh, uh, wait. Ufo Table. Ufo Table? What the fuck they Ufo Table? I don't know. It's not Mappa. It's not Mappa. Mappa does more CGI shit. But I don't think we need all that. Like, honestly, the art style is essentially the exact same as the manga and stuff like that. It really is. I'm not pressed. It's a little less detailed, so I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. So, that leads us to our OG anime segment, Anime Book Club. If you guys did not know, we were watching Bochi the Rock. Um, We did episodes four, five, and six this week. And, um... I clearly have different opinions on the show from my co-host, so I can get you guys go first, um, so I can get your perspective, and then I'll go on mine and then see if I can change the way you guys are looking at it. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think, it, I think it, Ruben's not, with me. It's not that it's clearly different. It's just a, I, I I may just need some guidance in terms of like where yeah, y'all are coming from. I don't think this. I don't think it's a combative thing. It's just I'm seeing it. That's what I'm saying. I'm seeing it different. So. How are you two feeling about? And then I, I, I do believe me and Ruben might be on the same page on this one. Yeah. But I'ma just go generally off mm-hmm. of off of the last three episodes. I mean, I I it's not that I mind the anime. It's just very like I'm not seeing the I'm not seeing the hype. I'm just not seeing the hype. That like me being like point blank period. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't see where Everybody is like, oh, this is like a must-watch. This is this, this is that. It's so great. It's also very different than what, what? you've watched before. Exactly. Yeah. And I also got to keep it into perspective with that, too. Mm-hmm. It, you know, um, it's not that I dislike it. I can't say I dislike it. Like, I definitely, mm-hmm. fu- I, I definitely don't mind watching it. But in terms of saying, like, yeah, this is the best anime of the year. Like, eh, nah, I'm not, I'm not quite getting that. What who's you got, JT? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's best of the year, but it's definitely one yeah, of the like, ones that, that it's bro? good. It's good. <laughs> but uh, it took a lot of people by surprise. JT, what, what are you? How are you feeling? Uh, well, as as like I said, it's my first slice of life anime, so I, it's definitely kind of it's definitely a change of pace. Um, not seeing someone get beat up, uh, or try <laughs> to get magic powers, but um, it's 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 all right. It's uh. Like I said, it's a change of pace. I can see why people like it. It's very, it can be very relatable to people, um, which I think has that going for it. Um, you know, me personally, I don't relate to, I personally don't relate to it on like a personal level, but like I know people in my life that probably would, um, you know, with the social anxiety and, you yeah. know, not, you know, always thinking like people hate them, not hate them, but like always thinking people are judging them, things like that. So, uh, I, I can see, I can see why people like it, um, it's got. It's, it definitely has its funny moments. I I, I do like the the rapport mm-hmm. uh, between the characters. Um, Ryu is uh, my favorite. Same. Uh, she's amazing. And Ryo. Uh, Ryu is from Street Fighter. What I say? Ryo. You said Ryu. Ryo. Oh, it's Ryo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ryo. Ryo uh, is Hadouken. <laughs> nah, Ryo is funny because of like the like the like the small like uh like the the, the witty the, comments, the witty like one liners and stuff like that and like even like I, I you know what I really like my favorite part is like the changing art styles so like whenever mm. like a character is like embarrassed or like something crazy is happening it's like a different art style from animation style or whatever from what is mm. like what you're normally seeing which I I I really like so that's a uh, you know it's it's got a lot of salient features I feel like a a, a child you know like they say like young children like really like salient features into cartoon shows, and that's why it's always bright and colorful. And, like, yeah, like, that is true. That's, that's what I get true. from this anime, and that's why I like it. Okay, so um, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, I think that one of the things uh, with slices of life is you have to pay attention more so to 
the world building um not in a literal sense um it's more about like what they're not saying or just what they're trying to show right it's not like the main like and we said it last time it's like slices of life are about the journey not the destination right you did and, say this last um week. i think that like <laughs> it's a lot of just the relatability from like like that's what it is it's a slice of life is something that you can actually see happening in real life or just like your the characters are going through experiences that you could directly relate so like you're saying you can understand a little bit more for even though it doesn't really affect you the social anxiety side and we know that some of it is a bit exaggerated and that adds to the comedic aspect of it um, along with other stuff like i do think the humor in the show is good um but like smaller things like like i said like i took a lot of notes on this and um because since it's not just we're paying attention to the plot, it's we're paying attention to everything else. It's like, if you've never seen Nacho Libre before, the first time you watch it, you might not find it that funny because you're paying attention to the plot thinking that's the important part of the movie. The second time you watch Nacho <laughs> Libre, where now you don't care about the plot, you sit here and you go, damn, this shit is hilarious because now you're paying attention to all the little jokes and shit like that. Um, Which, by song, the way, Jack, Jack Black is the greatest non-Mexican ever. Facts. Being a Mexican <laughs> movie. But... Um, <laughs> But like my my opinion on it is like um little things of just like the fear of doing so much is limiting her, right? Things of just like those um those barriers that you're creating for yourself. Like things about like her questioning if her friends are real because she's never had friends. And the same time we're sitting here like, bro, they're they're looking out for you and like why aren't you just owning up to it? But at the same time, understanding that she's never had friends, so she's worried about losing them. Or whether or not they're actually her real friends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I also realized during this, this is essentially a sports anime. It has all the parts that make a good sports anime. But the sports is just replacing music? Exactly. There you go. I mean, And yeah. music and just That's kind fair. of like social awareness or just like, mm -hmm. like the friendship aspect sort of thing we see the change in episode five from when she all of a sudden starts playing better on stage where she goes, I'm not doing this for my own goals anymore. I'm doing this to also help the people around me reach their goals. And it's like, that's what being a band really means. And you can directly relate that to the good sports animes, things like Haikyuu. Um, I think there's a lot of shitty sports animes out there, but they've, you know, there are some good ones of just, if you just change band to team, if you change music to soccer or volleyball or football or whatever, now you're in it, right? It's bringing the best out of each other, not just for yourself because you're trying to get somewhere as a team, get someone to their goals together. Um, and like, that's what I'm noticing. And then, you know, the same thing of the main character who's like really good, but no one really knows or is just putting in hard work and then they're seeing it start to manifest. And then the manager is like the coach who goes, oh, that one's got some real talent. How can I bring it out? Yep. Like, I'm like, I, I got the manager that's about to Phil Jackson this shit, right? That's how I'm feeling, like seeing the talent, understanding, and then you're gradually seeing as we go through the episodes, I'm noticing more and more. So I really do think it's like set up like a proper sports anime. It's just not about sports. How, how you feel, Ruben? W which side are you on? Uh, so the sports anime thing is really interesting. Uh, I think that is true. I think if we were to play sports with the music stuff, like it would be a pretty one-to-one -one comparison um i do want to say so far like again like i watched last week the first three episodes i think i texted john and was like oh shit like i like mm -hmm. this you know for what you know i like it and then i watched this week's you know the next three um 
I do want to say that, you know, slice of life isn't for everybody. Like mm-hmm. for me, I like to use slice of life as a, like a, like a, like a cleanser, like a pilot cleanser, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, I watch a lot of the Shonen stuff, you know, a lot of the stuff like that. And having a slice of life, like kind of thing, like it, it makes it makes taking everything else like, okay, cool. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be as intense, mm-hmm. you know, as like, you know, seeing guys fight each other or seeing like, you know, some big battle happen and say, okay, well, like, so an overthrow a country. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck it is, you know? And so for me, you know, like, especially when it comes to the character, like, especially when it comes to slice life, I'm like, Hey, like, how can I relate to these characters in any single way? Like, mm-hmm. I probably have anxiety. I have no idea. Like I've never been tested for anything like that, but like, I probably have some form of anxiety. Like there's some times where I'm just like, Oh shit, like this is really hard, blah, blah, stuff like that. And so it's like, okay, I can, I can relate a little bit to the main character. Cause I'm like, Hey, like, you know, there's sometimes like social anxiety, like, with my own podcast like i don't like the fuck for me my life my live podcast feels like me like doing a lot like talking in front of multiple people like in person you know it's like mm-hmm. i don't like to do that but i you know i push through i'm like hey like there's there's reasons why i should do this because people like to enjoy it because people like to listen to me talk because i want to get these ideas off blah blah you know and so it's like you know like I relate to her a lot. Like I relate to the other characters too. Were like they want to create something really cool. Like they want to do. Like they want to do music. Like mm-hmm. I remember you being can think 16, about us while seven, trying to create a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's like I was sixteen, seventeen. Like I was in a band. Like for a good like two two months. You know, like we recorded one song together. Like it's lost forever. Thank God. You know, <laughs> but it's like I did that at one point. It's like hey, like I did that. I tried it. It wasn't for me, obviously, clearly, but I tried it, you know? So it's like, I understand like that aspect too, where it's like, hey, fuck, I can kind of relate to a lot of what these what, what these kids are trying to do. I'm like, hey, like, and I think the other aspect of it too is also like, I'm old, bro. Like I'm in my thirties, <laughs> like, you know, like I'm in my thirties and like these kids are like 15, 16 at most. And it's like, that's a large age gap. So it's like, do I really relate to what they're doing at this point? You know, like. I have the memories of it, but I, do I really relate at this point in my life where it's like, hey, like, do I really have social anxiety where like it's crippling almost, you know, not really, but you know, like you can understand, I can understand like where they're coming from, you know, and I think like in terms of like these episodes, like it's cool seeing like her like kind of sprout from it's kind of it's cool seeing Bochi sprout from her from her cave a little bit, you know, like. I can I can see like she's more comfortable talking to certain people a little bit more, you know, like she's smiling more, she's actively engaging like the group conversations more. And I'm like, okay, mm. that's good. You know, that's a good that's a good that's a good point to be at, you know, especially like if you are someone who's never had a friend, you know, like I can't relate to that, but like I can relate to like hey, like feeling like that, you know, where it's like, hey, like no one cares about me, blah blah. But it's like she now has like her family her dog like the last episode the older drunk which is yeah. the hilarious character funny ass character because i can relate to that too yeah. <laughs> like you know it's like oh i see multiple versions of me in this in this fucking anime yeah i think <laughs> but um, it's like with the slice of life like that's that's what it, it's more about the relationships 
um, and like your ability to relate in like semi-normal circumstances. So that's like it's it is not for everyone. But um, there are different ones. Like there's some that are pure comedy and whatnot, and then there's like things like this, right? Um, I I don't necessarily think I need to go super because like I said, it's not as plot heavy. But we know like episode one was them like just trying to figure out how to make themselves be more like a band. Um, this is when Sis kind of goes through the whole episode four. I mean, um, is like trying to f- write the lyrics and stuff like that, and and starts out trying to make things that she's not right. And like, there have been some fucking gems in these episodes. Like yeah. at least in each episode, there's been a line that's Rio? been like, "Fuck." I said real, Rio. Rio, 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 Rio. Yeah, like the like the toucan. Like the toucan is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, bro. I think the conversation that they had like in the coffee shop where it was like mm-hmm. just going through the lyrics. She's like. You know, I was in this band before, and, you know, they try to do this shit commercial success, which I feel like a lot of people can re- relate to versus, like, their mainstream, their, their mainstream artists versus, like, their artists mm-hmm. that be on the super low key. Yep. She's basically saying, like, yo, I'm not doing this to get famous, which is, I, that hit home because a lot of times, like, me, John, and JT, we just spoke about, like, on here, just, we spoke about just doing a podcast just because we love it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly. It's one of those things of, yo, we doing this because we fuck with it, and I want to do this because this is something that I love to do. I want to play bass because I fuck, I, 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 I love to do it. I rather have lyrics that appeal to a couple of people, and they find it as real as they can find it, versus like trying to appeal to the masses and it mean and it not mean anything to me. That's real shit. So. I was, I was definitely fucking with that when they got down to the nitty-gritty of the conversation, you mean? Like, yeah, and in that episode, she dropped the bar of abandoning your uniqueness is the equivalent to dying. There you go. Yeah. yeah. OD. Which is true. OD. Like, that's a fuck up. Like, that's a, the main plot point of this episode yeah. is the struggle <laughs> of trying to do things that you think people want um, versus doing the thing that you want and, like, kind of making the most of it. Right. And then you can see that when you do something that you're passionate about or doing something that you're happy with, then it ends up being more successful. Like then they're all like, holy shit, these lyrics are fire. You know what I mean? Even with all the stress that came with it, even the fact that she was like, I stayed up all night working on it. Like, but it it she made something that she was proud of. Right. Yeah. And like um, it, it's like that uh, battle of trying to be authentic throughout the whole thing. Um, also it's like little shit like the procrastination, like the burden of expectation, like all of that shit, right? Um, also when in we had a wild AO moment when Keto was talking about Rio can jerk me around anytime. Nuts. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this gonna be? I uh I definitely uh screenshotted that and uh I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I'm glad you brought it wow. up. Wow. Um and if anybody knows me, you know exactly why. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Ruben is saying? Wow. I'm <laughs> um, like, bro. Like, like, you can jerk me around, Senpai. I'm like, whoa, I thought this was a slice of life. <laughs> it's actually getting interesting now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, like episode five, you know, it's like they they do the first practice. They have the audition. Like, that's really what it's about. Like, you know, we see all of that of the sister pushing them, right? Mm-hmm. The sister being like, yeah, you, I did that shit last time to give you memory. Like, if you want it, you got to put the work in. I love that because what the fuck is this nepotism? No, hell no. Niggas say, yeah, you know what? You, she pulled a she pulled a fucking Lucius on these niggas and said, <laughs> you know what? Yo, y- y'all going to have to shine. <laughs> y- yeah. Y'all going to have to shine, And, and we baby. get the first real conflict, yeah. right? So, and like, right. we know where it's just like, yeah, yeah the sister's testing the resolve and making them earn it. And she understands that they got to go through the process because she wants the best for them. Also, bro, the, 
when um first of all this shit is funny like i've actually laughed out loud in moments like when they pull up with the fucking the hair and they were like we're just dressing like band people and then we'll get the audition and they dress like their like, male group. what the fuck i thought they all got hair with the, with the, with like, the, with the, the short fuck? hair and yo, shit yeah, when yeah. Said, yo we're gonna go do this we're gonna drink smoke and have dalliances with other women i was like Wait and a then <laughs> when sis goes i don't think any women want to dally with me um but that's what i'm saying like here another like bar of when she's talking about like yeah like they're like oh it's not necessarily like we need to do everything perfectly but they need to show growth as a band and like that battle of it's just like it's hard to know exactly what growth means and that's what they're struggling with and it means different things for different people but like those are the things that hit right those are the things that if you're like you're looking past just these are some people struggling to make a band where it just goes oh shit what are the things that they're actually struggling with like in the real things like that's a real thing like in any field you can sit here and be like what does it mean to grow with this um also that conversation that she has with sis before mm. like where, where she mentions like they, they talk about their um where she catches her by the vending machine yeah and they talk about their reasons like their why um it's kind of like low-key she's a good leader sometimes though like she clearly also has like grow as a leader and like become better all around but like sis isn't a bad leader bro she she'd be knowing That's true She'd be knowing, like, how to kind of get the most out of each person or, like, what to say and stuff like that. And then sometimes she'd just be out here chatting. So, like, it's balanced. But, um, like, yeah, th- there's a lot. But, like I said, this is when I realized it's, it's really a sports anime. And I, I fully think that the, the sister's about to fill Jackson and shit. Like, Bochi the Rock is, like, making the band meets Ted Lasso. Oh, that's I a got, that's got, a great that's a good fucking good I still gotta watch fucking Ted. Like, you know, we're starting to notice the talent. They get that first performance mm-hmm. where they actually sound like a real band. They're playing yep. the music, which is also good. Um, yeah, I think it's so funny whenever there's anime music. How it's like this girl is like 14, and the moment she starts singing, she turns to 26. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Like they yeah. did that shit yeah. in the One Piece movie like, too, and it's just so funny. But yeah. it sounds like these are bangers. Like. Um, also, the whole thing where like she was throwing up and they just did the dams. Great. Like all the dams that they just kept showing. Like I, I do like the humor in this. Um, and then episode six is with the drunk, right? Like, you know, we, we meet this random girl. Uh, the girl reads it a filth. Also, the whole like, I stay drunk because if I'm not drunk, I start thinking about all the sad shit in the world. It was when they, <laughs> like, it was when they showed a cycle. This was like yeah, literally bro. alcoholism. Like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> the happiness spiral, bro. She yeah. was wild. Oh, my goodness gracious. And also, I didn't blame Boji for being scared when she was asking about the guitar. Yeah, when Bo- yeah. <laughs> Sake juice boxes are wild, and I think we need to get some. We need to invest. Sake juice boxes would be so lit. Like, if we just kept, like, yeah, that, of them shit. That in the, the fridge. fridge. Got that thing on me. These episodes would be very different. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Sake Saki juice boxes. We never get out of here. A one, because she was talking about drinking. I'm like, all right, she can't be talking about drinking alcohol. Then yeah, I when she actually got her the soup, I was weak. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, bro, she was she drinking, drinking. Um, she said the only things I care about in my life is playing the bass and booze, and I like how it's like it's her. Oh, it's my first interaction with an adult rocker, and then she's like, oh, okay, so she's like kind of like a normal person and shit like that, and she understands these things. Yeah, man. Um, but like that fear of someone older doing something similar you like being in a shitty circumstance and going damn that might be me like that shit yeah. is real yeah. that shit is real bro that shit is more i'm than saying real, 
I'm saying I saw myself in both characters and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say the sake thing. I'm like, I thought about that and I was like, man, like I really got to get my ass to Japan, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, bro. Like, that's amazing. But, um, yeah, man, episode six was a lot of just peering into the future and a lot of big character development and, like, you know, one, her ability to play in front of people. Also, them playing the Naruto music to, like, hype them up getting ready for the street Yo, performance. Oh, bro. <laughs> that was mad cool. funny. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Um, but like that. she opened her eyes like, you know, we saw in the practice that she didn't she wasn't inside of a box when they performed and she just performed in front of people on the street um, where she was able to actually look at them and build that confidence. So you see that where she's like, I don't want to open my eyes because what if it's a bad reaction? And then you see that that girl in the crowd just goes, I felt like she was nervous. So I cheered her on and it like yeah. allowed her to open up. She's like, wow, like sis had another bar where she was like, the people in the crowd are not your enemies. Like you don't need to be afraid of them like shit like that if you think about people who struggle just like for um public speaking or like anything like that you know what i mean like these are fucking gems like these this is real life shit yep we talk about it was how- funny because because that part reminded me of more of a shonen anime mm-hmm. like that little like hey like you you can do this like you know like yeah. almost like the like the uh what is it the uh you know the power of friendship type of shit. You know, bro. That's like, what I'm saying. This is a power friendship show that isn't yeah. some supernatural shit. Like this is a exactly. real life power friendship show. Exactly. So like I, I I've been enjoying it so far. I think it's only one season, right? This is yeah. Like, so far, the first the first season was just uh All right. last year. All right, you guys got any? What were you about to say? No, I was gonna say, do we mention the Ryu the budding uh, friendship of uh oh Ryu Riel and uh. Nah, like, but I fuck with the it. The cafe scene I thought was very important yes. because, you know, she comes in, she's she's worried about making the lyrics and Miles like, oh. Didn't mention this, yes. But I, th- I thought that was, I thought the, the, I just think it's interesting because in the beginning, the first three episodes, um, she gravitated towards Rio because Rio kind of seemed more like her, like mm-hmm. that loner, like, you know, avoided people. But then she actually goes out and like interacts with people. Mm-hmm. But I, but I thought it was nice that here they, they're on a more personal level and connecting and real just like yo like be real to yourself like i don't like fake like this isn't you mm-hmm. this is like the bubblegum pops up is not you if your truth is these dark depressing lyrics write them out mm-hmm. and it's just gonna be dumb funny when a really really happy mm-hmm. bubbly girl is singing them yes. like it'll hit more people like the way she'll yeah. single hit people and then people pay attention to the lyrics like it'll resonate with them it's yep. like it's it's like if you, you you had like uh ariana grande uh singing turn around and die it's like um <laughs> the song hey ya by outcast yes hey oh, yeah. Yeah. you got him yeah. yeah yo you know what it's <laughs> a good one Yo, cause or, or, a lot of people or, or, don't understand yeah. that. Hey, y'all. Yeah. It's a very fucking. It's a, <laughs> it's a very depressing song, bro. Dude. That right. fucking footprints by T. Okay, you listen to the lyrics and you're like, wow, this shit depressing as hell. My son, three stacks, literally said it's like, ah, uh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all just want to dance. Yeah. Literally, y'all like for. I feel that way about EXO Tour wow. Life. John, I never, <laughs> I, I never loved John more. Yeah, that was a that was a perfect fucking reference, bro. <laughs> or what's that? What's that song? Guy, the pumped up kicks. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, cool. yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. The pumped up yeah. kicks Super fucking dark run, yeah. Run. Yeah. yeah. But um, okay. I do like the budding friendship, and I I was worried about like Kita getting jealous in their friendship, as like that reaction where she like does like the whole chin scratch thing. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> like even the blonde girl, I can't remember her name, she goes. When did this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like I, I think it's cool and you see that developing even when they're asking Keita later they're like oh what she's like at what is she like at school and they're like well like I don't have class with her but it seems like she like sticks to herself but she's not being bullied yeah. and she's like but she can't really talk to people and then they're they're like but she's mad fun yeah and they're like I know but like no one knows that so I'm like real all of that really shit. yeah it's like when you find like like we all have that one friend who like either wasn't that popular or just like people didn't really know them they were a bit of a loner and then you're like you're hilarious like <laughs> yes oh wait no oh sorry scratch that last part no the little hilarious part yeah okay. that's me um <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> like i said 90 percent just vibes not for nothing <laughs> you gotta get on ruben's pod so the rest of mav Twitter could fully understand oh like. dude <laughs> like, we, might, we might hey i might do one tonight i don't know if we win those game i might do one but uh, hey, I'm hey, I'm I'm down. I, I mean, I got a pod to do. To, I got a Nets pod to do tomorrow night. But no, you don't. <laughs> hey, yo, Ruben, but. yo, I, I I'm gonna just crash one of your one of your podcasts, bro. They gonna be like, who the fuck is this nigga? You be like, bro, ah, we to have, me, I, I don't even hey, know who he is, bro, yo, bro. I'm done with podcasts after after Sunday, bro. I'm done with them. I'm it's done. all gonna be live, so you can just jump until, in until we do uh, a YouTube type thing probably hell so yeah we'll see that should <laughs> be fun hell yeah all right you guys got anything else about Boshi to rock nah uh i like it it's fun you know it's kind of cool seeing like how teenagers are mm-hmm. like you know like yeah. it is, that aren't in gangs I, I, yeah yeah right and i, I will say like <laughs> it's, it's interesting like reading like the reading the mm-hmm. uh I guess the translation, mm. you know, like I've, I've seen like, that's cringe. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, do they really say that? Or is it like, bro, Tamadachi it, game was like that when they would have the yeah, commentary bro, like, from the, I feel like, I feel like a lot of the animes nowadays are just like, they like for the subs, they kept, they like use like common, like current slang, mm. you know? And I'm like, okay, like why the fuck not? You know, but it's like, how is this, how was this going to translate? Like, 10 years down the line or whatever if like if it's still up like do you guys you two feel no. um like do you guys see what i'm saying about this show or like feel like the next time you watch you can kind of look at it through a different lens i mean no but <laughs> at the same time <laughs> I, I, but you get what i'm saying at the same time it's like i, I i'm just trying to get it from it from the lens of all right you know this this is a coming to age kind of situation mm-hmm. like you know this is more real life but I, yeah, I don't know. This might not be for you. It, 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 and that's just. And that's okay. It, it, yep. Yeah, next slice of life we're going to do is, is probably going to be the comedy, the one. The Love is War is fucking fantastic. I th- I've heard of Love is War. I've heard of Love is War. I've heard of Love is War. Wait, have y'all decided what y'all going to do next or no? No. No, not yet. No, okay. All right, let me know. <laughs> All right. You got <laughs> anything, Justin? Uh, I don't think I'll see it through a different lens. I kind of like the lens I'm seeing it. Yeah, now. you're still enjoying it. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, just enjoying it for the vibes and the. That was the, the other line. Hijinks. That was the other line that for fit you. I, ninety. Don't worry about Rio. Ninety percent of the things she says are just for the vibes. Yeah, yeah. that's why I've been quoting this whole night. Um, but I will say my favorite part of the last three episodes was definitely when she was trying to imitate, um, Kita, and then her sister. <laughs> and the dog were watching and then the parents started watching and then they thought they had to perform an exorcism because it's that like why great. are you acting like this funny as fuck, dude. <laughs> so that's like the, those are like the little things about yeah. the show that i really really like so 
like that when um she had to talk to the sister alone and she like was like i went into obedience position and she was like like a yeah, dog back bro yeah, like dog show their stomach as, as then a you sign got, of then submission. you got rio was like well so, some say it's a sign of aggression so <laughs> i will say my asshole, dog my, bro i'm saying my dog has never shown aggression on his back that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, rio is like, such an like, asshole <laughs> Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was just saying that to fuck with. Literally, exactly. That's a vulnerable dog position. As a as a guy that fucking loves dogs, bro. If a if a dog is laid up like this, that's it, bro. You got you got him. You got that's it. That's it. You got it, bro. All the trust is there. Had me confused. That shit had me confused, bro. But I'm like, what the fuck? I'm saying the first time my dog did that, like after like me and my ex broke up and I had the dog, I was like. What the fuck is this? Like, why are you on your back, bro? <laughs> you know, was... Wait, hold on. You and your ex broke up. You took the dog. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love no, no, story time. No no, 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 no. So, so we broke up, and she took the dog. She took the dog. She was, hey, I came a dog. I was like, well, fuck. Okay. Like, I tried arguing with her, and she was like, no, I'm taking him. So I was like, fuck. Okay. Takes the dog. Two days later, she she moved out. We live in, live in an apartment together. She moved out, found an apartment. Two days later, she calls me, and I, at this point, I've already had like her phone delete. I've already her number deleted. I've everything deleted. Right? Naturally, naturally. She calls me. She calls me. She's like, "Hey, do you want the dog?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." What? Like, why? What's wrong with him? And he's like, "She's like, he's like, I live on the first. I live on the first story. Like, and he keeps barking at people." And I'm like, "Well, I live on the second story." I'll take him, you know, because he doesn't bark anybody, yeah. you know, because I'm like, sorry. So I took him. He's been with me like this entire time, dude. Like, and it's funny because like when I met my wife, like on whatever dating app we met on, like I had a picture of me and him on the fucking like on the app. <laughs> and she was like, your dog is so cute. And I was like, fuck, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Winner. Got it. So I always, I, I always say, thank God, my ex-girlfriend, like didn't want my dog because that, yeah. that's it man the guy got me and my family and so. on that note Ruben, thank you for being here um it is great to have you back on if you guys have not listened to the other episodes and we still have some of those up in our, our link tree um go check those out ones that we've done with Ruben in the past i know it's been a while but he is an og he is a great friend of the podcast. i'm saying I will, I will come on way more often bro now that i know my Child sleeping schedule. Like, Perfect. I'll Word come on whatever the fuck you guys want me to. Perfect. I can't say enough great things about Ruben. Ruben, I really appreciate you coming through, my big bro. Come on, man. Yo, like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. On. Really, really big friend of the pod, dog. Yeah, come on now. Real, real life friend. Yeah. Um, Tell the people uh, where they can find your stuff. Uh, You can find me at Reddit Mavericks on Twitter. I'm also technical on Instagram. I don't really post there, but in case Elon Musk decides that Twitter needs to go, you can find me on Instagram at Reddit Mavericks. <laughs> you can also find my podcast. Um, on, it's called Hoops and Visions colon a Maverick a Dallas Mavericks podcast. Uh, we're gonna close up shop pretty soon. Um, I'm sure I'll come on before um, playoffs start, which is probably when we're when me and my co-hosts are gonna be ready ready to kind of debut our next next chapter in our awesome what we're doing. So, yeah. So, thank you once again. Uh, if you guys are following ABC with us, watch another three episodes for next week. So, seven, eight, and nine. Uh, and that's it from us here. We will catch y'all next week. I got ice in my veins. 
Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down. Cause I got. I